Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Greetings, exalted ones, and welcome to the one and only Sacred Icon Pod Race. Ah, I mean cast. You know the one that made the Kessel run in less than twelve parsecs. If you round down, where we can bring you in warm, or we can bring you in cold. We know what we have to do, but we don't know if we have the strength to do it. No, really, our hearts have made a kyber, so we sit back. <laughs> but if you're tuning into this episode, you're tuning in to Oddball. Where we talk about things outside of the Halo universe, in a galaxy far, far away. Join us here in the Outer Rim Territories, on the desert planet of Tatooine, where the sand is coarse, rough, irritating, and it gets everywhere! As we discuss all things Book of Boba Fett. Somehow, the sacred boys have returned. Hello there, I'm your host, Joshy Arcus, and joined with me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend, I love him, and he knows, your host, Brian Arvett. Brian, what did Leia's adoptive parents say when she used to sleepwalk as a child? Oh, I don't know, Josh, what, what, what did they say? Uh-oh, it's the rise of Skywalker! Oh, <laughs> It's as if millions of fans cried out simultaneously all at once in cringe. Uh, the Hosnian system is dead right now. Okay, 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 Josh, I got one for you. Okay. What is Admiral Akbar's favorite type of music? Do you know? I don't know. What? It's trap. <laughs> okay. Okay, two for two. two Dad for jokes two. are in this year, Dad guys. jokes in this episode all over. Come to Sacred Icon for a fresh supply. Oh, my God. I love Dropping it. in hot. Okay. <laughs> Before we get in, so, guys, we're going to cover the entire uh, Book of Boba Fett uh, season. Spoilers. We're going to spoil everything. The last episode just came out uh, earlier this morning. But here is my disclaimer. I'm going to get in a brief soapbox. Josh can chime in or not, but this is my disclaimer before the beginning of the episode. I watched this show to have fun. I enjoyed this show. I play games, and I I listen to music. I do all this stuff for fun and entertainment. 
So if you're coming here expecting to hear me be cynical and pessimistic, it ain't going to happen. If that's what you're looking for, you might as well not listen to it because I'm not going to do it. I'm going to talk no. about... Force is no. strong with us this episode. We're bringing in no. some hot fun, some hot positivity. If there's if, if, if there's plenty of things to nitpick. There's plenty of genuine complaints mm. for, about this show. Mm. And, and we'll touch on some of them, but like, I just... Josh, I'm just nuts, getting Brian. so exhausted. What's that? Touch on these nuts. Oh, you know, I, I would if it would if it would lower the bitching in <laughs> all these communities. It'll, it'll lower the vitriol. People will be. Oh, okay. Like, well, that's good. Go, then peace. I, and it's just a, instead of the, the the blue orb, you know, the little like a blue ball from, oh, yeah. from Naboo. It's just my. It's just these nuts. Was that a symbolism that like when George Lucas put that big blue ball at the end? Was that a symbolism it was. that it had been too long? Like, for him? Everybody's <laughs> getting laid tonight on Naboo. Misa <laughs> feeling <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I'm just, you know, I, I, I just have really been like reflecting on this, thinking about this a lot that just, I don't know, like fandoms today are just so cynical and pessimistic towards everything. Things that are genuinely bad, but also things that are really good that happen to not be the way they wanted them to go down. And I'm just sick of it, man. I almost, I, I feels, it p- kind of feels wrong to give them the blame, but I almost wonder if kind of the origin of this movement of cynicalness and pessimism was spurred on by Red Letter Media. And I'm not talking about just Star Wars. I'm talking about in perception of media in general. I wonder if they were the origins for it. Because you, you know how many YouTube channels I've came across where they play the whole Red Letter Media tropes? I mean, yeah. it's just, it's such a, it, their uh, influence is insane. I think that's where it started, I do. I mean, because I don't really remember anything else like that. It's, I mean, you had Nostalgia Critic back in the day, but he wasn't, like, he was big. But, man, I just don't. You you take the neck beards back in the day before like the internet was like super, you know we were like we had super big access to it, and they were hating on the prequels, and then you take the red letter media reviews, and it just makes that like fun. It suddenly made yes. it like fun to make fun of. It wasn't just like yeah. discourse. It was more fun to hate the media than to enjoy it. And I honestly, I, w- I want to start a new movement, and it's not going to go anywhere because we're not that big of a platform. But still, <laughs> I want to start a new movement where, yeah. guess what, guys? We just have fun um, talking about the things we enjoy, and we we lean into, um, w- we're optimistic towards things. Because, I mean, why do we watch these things? Why do we play these things? We like them. Like, I, I just, I finished, I finished watching Book of Boba Fett, and I'm like, you know what? That, that whole show just brought me a lot of fun and joy and entertainment. I can pick probably 20 things that I, I thought were a problem, but... I just don't care. Like I just, I'm glad we have it. Man, I that's a damn ass fun Star Wars. It was it so wizard, Brian. I had so such wizard. a good time. Absolutely, that's fun Absolutely. as hell. Yeah, it's even, even like I think one of the most, probably one of the most nitpicked. Uh, well, the most nitpicked thing in general, is sequel trilogies nowadays. But like, even like Rise of Skywalker, which you know, that's one that most people agree. If they, if they either don't like it at all, or they think it has a lot of problems. Even yeah. me and Josh think it has a lot of problems. But there is like. Somewhere between an hour and two hours hours of Rise of Skywalker that is fun and awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like hell yeah. we like we just gloss up people just be like, Oh, you know, uh the Palpatine or the Ray stuff or the Chosen One stuff, that just glosses over all the good for me. It's like Really though, there were so many cool, fun parts. Like, can't we talk about all the good stuff in there too? Plays but anyways, a little bit into that subjective objective stuff because it's like I feel like Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker is a fun movie to watch. Yeah. But people who are like big Star Wars fans who do have issues with that movie, or even Last Jedi, which is still fun, people are just like, "I hated it, so it's not fun." It's like, no, I think it is genuinely fun. It's an adventure yeah. in space, and, and and it's got a good romp with characters and humor and and fun and good pacing. But people just they're like, if I didn't like it, it's not fun. And it's like, it's like well, even stuff that's like on. valid criticisms, like really, do they need to give Chewie a medal? It's like, but also there's yeah. gonna be people who are like. 
They gave Chewie his medal. That's so cool. You know, like just let hated it. Have but fun, I'm fine man. with it. I'm fine with it. I, I'm past the point where like if I meet you, I'm just talking to a random person out in the void. If I meet you and you're really critical and really you you know you really observe things and you're really analytical and you break it down, I'm past the point where that's gonna that alone is gonna make me have respect for you. I think back in the day, people who could, I think a while ago, people who could could make points and be critical usually garnered more respect because it showed that they weren't just giving into their emotional impulses of enjoyment. But at this point, I think people are giving into their emotional impulses of negativity. I think it's Ooh. now I think that it's like now a path more, to the dark side, Brian. It is a path to the dark side. The fear fear was a fear leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. Anger, anger leads to suffering. I think I got that backwards. I, you, I sound like you said hate leads to anger, and I was like, Anchor, anchor.fm anchor.fm is a place where you can go. We're sponsored by them. Make your own podcast. <laughs> oh, I love it. Continue. No minimum listenership. <laughs> um, it's easy. Yeah, but no. So, anyways, Josh, where, do you want to just go all over the place? Or yeah, let's go beginning? all over the place. Let's just start you, with you the start finale. You start off, Josh. You're the yeah, biggest yeah, yeah. So, man, my thoughts on the finale, just digging right into that. I thought, you know, there were so many rumors going around. We had, like, Cad Bane being rumored. Cad Bane ended up showing up in the previous episode. We had rumors of, like, Han, potentially Bosk, and just some other stuff. And, like, the only thing that really ended up panning out was uh, was Cad Bane. And I thought I was going to be The Rancor thing, too, you said. Uh, well, I, that, that I didn't hear as a rumor. That was just, like, okay. I think that's going to happen. But Okay. That was amazing. But, uh, man, I was so happy with that episode overall. I felt so good that they brought it back to Boba Fett. I loved everything in it. Like, it just had some really, like, killer, like, there were, like, corny moments where, like, every character kind of got their moment to, like, kill a couple people. And the way they did it was, like, corny. But I loved it. It was badass. And the mo- my favorite moment in the whole thing was when Boba and Django just come out on the jetpacks. And they just oh, started shooting. That was like I was just like, that's the Mandalorians, baby. I know, I mean, I know Boba isn't a Mandalorian, but I'm like, that's the Mandalorians. I, yeah. I was all about it. Grogu, I mean, there was a there's so much to love about it. But the thing I'll say, just to kick off the discussion so we can go all around, the only thing that surprised me, and not in a negative way, I'm just kind of like wondering. Uh as I process this, guys, we just finished this like an hour ago, by the way. Um Nothing about the end of this show did anything to give us any idea if there is going to be a Book of Boba season two or if there is what that's going to maybe entail. Aside from, did you watch the post credit scene? Did you see that? Oh, I actually didn't know there was one. Just oh, tell me I what can, it is. I'm yeah. Fine. So it gets to the it gets to the Bacta tank. We see who's in there because okay. Boba mentioned it. Camera pans in there. It's it's Cobb Vanth, and he, then you see the cybernetic guy with the. Uh, the guy who like fixed up Fennec like earlier, okay. in the, yeah. So he's fixing him up. It just implies that. Okay, because that's that funny. Because I, I took a shower the second the episode ended, and I thought Cobb Vance definitely coming back for sure. But I never <laughs> saw the scenes. So yeah, that's cool. it, it was pretty short. But um, but there's like we don't get uh, any implication as to what may be going on with that if there is going to be that. And then even with Mandalorian, I thought there may be a little with all the stuff we got the previous two episodes. I thought we'd get a little more idea. As to where, like, what direction he might be heading in. But instead, they're, you know, it, it, it turns out more that they just used it as a way to get those two back together and kick us into season three however they want to do it. So, in a Which way, seems that's really cool. smart if you think about it, because I, I think Mandalorian works really well because of the dynamic with him and Grogu. And now there is, there's no, there is no season of Mandalorian where they're not together because they got together back in Boba Fett. Yeah, on the meta side, it's like, you know they're not going to do that without Grogu because Grogu sells merchandise like hotcakes and also like they're a pair. It's not people love Mando, but it's like you 
You don't watch it just for Mando. You gotta have yeah. both. You know, it's like Master Chief and Cortana. So you have that duo. You, 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 if you don't, if, if you don't have one, you have like the 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 person, the character missing, and that other one are longing for them. Yeah. So no, nah, I get that, and and I think it's I think it's just cool how it ended. I it had this cheesy way, and I love it. I say cheesy a lot, but it's just I love this stuff. But it had this thing where like right when Boba. And Fennec are like talking as they're walking on the streets at the end. They're walking up. You see Chrysanthemum, which is such a badass Wookiee. You see all the other survivors. And they're just talking and everything. And the camera starts to pan up. And I was waiting for this narration with a, of like a kid who's got like the voice of Anakin in Phantom Menace. It's like, so everything turned out fine in the end. We went back to the <laughs> palace and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just like it had this very wholesome like ending. And I really liked it. I, I feel like. Boba fans are going to be extremely happy. I think other people, I haven't looked into it yet, but I feel like other people may be a little let down, you know, by it. Just be coming off the last two episodes because it really does bring it back to Boba. But man, everyone got their time to shine. What do you think? Yeah, um, well, I think, I feel like they're setting up for, if there is a Boba season two, which I feel like there will be, I feel like they're setting up for it to be a a story that's much more in line with what people expected of Boba because it mm. seems like it ends with him basically being like, I don't think this is our thing to run this place. I don't yep. think this is for us. So like, I feel like him and Fennec going on missions of sorts where they're much more what you'd expect of like bounty hunter type Boba. Yeah. I think, I think what's going to happen. I think it's a possibility that it's going to go to Cobb. I think Cobb is going to run things. The reason why is because it's like, he's a leader of Freetown a small town marshaled yeah. super well got tons of respect but like he can bridge that alliance between like the kind of country folk of Tatooine and then the city folk but what's also interesting is that throughout like the last episode and then this one there were like so many nods like where Cad Bane so many people were like telling Cobb or Cobb was saying himself like I shouldn't have got rid of the armor you shouldn't have got rid of the armor yeah. or too bad he didn't have his armor on him it would have been probably good. gonna have some armor and, and then and then like near the end when Fennec and Boba are like walking around the streets, he, she says something to him like, if we don't run it, who will? And then fast forward, you get to that post credit scene of Cobb and the thing. I honestly think they're just, it's a matter of time before Boba and Fennec kind of find a way to get out there. However, yeah. I thought they were going to go, I actually thought they were going to go off world when Bo- Fennec's off doing her thing. She's trying to find help and or go, go assassinate the dudes. And it's just Din and it's just Boba. And they're like, what do we do? And Din's like, we need to basically get the hell out of here. I thought, I honestly thought that was going to be the moment where Boba was like, cut my losses, let's go. And they didn't. Boba was like, yeah. standing on the ground. And Din was like, okay, we're dying. Then I was like, no, there's a season three coming. No, Din. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. I also, I grew to, I grew, I went from being really annoyed by that twi- Twilight guy to uh, actually thinking, I know. <laughs> I like him. I can't, I, like I hate him. him, but in the most loving way. It's just like, yeah. he makes. Annoying. He's so but annoying. He really is. I, I love this episode, Josh. Honestly, it was it was I think it was better than I thought it was going to be because I thought it was going to I feel like this ep- the finale honed in all of the things it needed to hone in to close the show out and I was worried that it was and I worried it was going to be all over the place. I worried there was going to be like some Mando stuff going on here, some Luke stuff going on over here, some Boba Fett stuff here, but it all it brought it all together in a conclusive way and it really focused it on Boba Fett. And ultimately, I think what it did for me, like when I look at the series all conclusively as one whole, I'm I'm way less upset about Mandalorian stealing the spotlight for roughly an episode and a half. Would you say that's about how much he stole a whole yeah, episode? Yeah, I would say that. Next? I mean, because he he definitely had a lot. I'd say even between this episode with some of the smart the scenes he got, it's like two episodes total. Like because. 
Okay, it just, that's yeah, fair. I mean, if you add them together. But I no, feel like no, this I was still, a Boba episode mostly for me, but I do agree with what you're saying. I feel like it was um, like 70-30, you know? Yeah, but yeah, I, I, get, fair, I, I agree guys, with you. Agree. Let's be fair. Boba got spotlight in Mando show. It's not like they didn't, you know, put no, Boba that's true. in Mando show. That's true. Also, and I think, you know? I think, you know, we can't can't see it fully now, but like you get to Mando season three and then well, I think everyone will just be happy that that season's going to end up telling a story of those two together as opposed to those two separated and then going through like the breakup period of like, oh, I miss my son, you know, yeah. the separation anxiety and all that. Like rather than get that story, they were like, we're going to try to tie it in here and stuff. And it came back around full circle. So I'm pretty pleased with that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy with this episode because it focused in on Boba. I, I feel like as a whole, the show, the show focused on Boba enough for me. We got his origin stories a bit. We got some of his relationship with Fennec, what his plans were, his interaction with the Huts, mm-hmm. uh, meeting the uh, the Wookiee. What's his name? That's hard for me to... Kersantan. Kersantan. Uh, meeting the Wookiee. Um, lots of cool stuff there. And then, obviously, interacting with Mando and then closing this out with... Him on the Rancor was badass. Badass, dude. dude. As soon as that I heard the so roar, I was like, Rancor time. The, the way they designed Trash him gym. sitting on it, him holding it, controlling it, and his movements and his actions on it, Really made it badass. And also, when he was fighting the robot, I was like, there's a freaking kaiju battle almost. <laughs> Dude, it was. Star Wars. I you know, you just like, this is, up. I was like, I kind of also got Gears of War vibes from yeah. when you're on top of the, the brew mock. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. I, like, I can see that. I loved Dude, it. Even I loved the King, it. did you get King Kong vibes when he was like, the oh, Rancor. I got that too. I was like, oh my. for King Kong. I yeah. also, I heard that Wilhelm scream yep. for when he threw one of the dudes. I Dude, just, I loved all of it. Do you remember it. when he like, I can't remember how it happened exactly, but he like, Boba's still on the Rancor and it takes like one of the, uh, the pikes and it just like tosses him back and Boba just looks back and, or no, he shot him. Like, like the Rancor held it up, held one of the pikes up in front of him. Boba's just like, Pew! shoots him and then the Rancor just goes Pew! and tosses okay, him. Okay, he did him. now. Yeah. <laughs> just seeing yeah. that teamwork briefly was yeah. so Yeah, I, I mean, I, Everything, I mean, basically, um, let's see. So the highlights for me, Boba and Mandalorian working together, you know, yeah. flying around the jetpacks, amazing. That felt uh, like seeing, like, the Mandalorians, like, together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, like absolutely. Th- that makes me want more with them, too. Abs- no, I'm hoping we get more of that in the future. Um, him riding the Rancor was amazing. Mm. All the interaction with Baby Yoda. I actually, or, well, I, I don't know why I said Baby Yoda, Grogu. <laughs> um <laughs> I also loved. Um, I can't remember her name either. Frizzle hair lady. That's funny. That's always in with. Grogu. I know. I forget her name, but uh, yeah. She's okay. Great. Well, when Amy she Sedaris. comes riding her little droid chariot. Yeah. That was that was kind of fun and, and cool too. And I loved the little interaction of like, "Hey, buddy, I missed you too, but we were in some shit right now." Like, <laughs> I, I loved all that. I loved that they, you know, he chose the chainmail and there was no cop. Like a little part of me, the selfish, she was like, "He also has a lightsaber, right?" But mostly, I was happy that they didn't cop it out and they were like, yeah. "No, he chose." The chainmail. Um, so I loved all that. I loved um, the oh, moment man. he got the chainmail, Brian. It was so adorable because, like, that's the when when he noticed when 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 Din notices he's got the chainmail. He's like, "Oh, and you got that." He was like, "It's like he has this proud dad moment." Like, yeah. "Oh, you're wearing you're wearing my favorite shirt, or you're wearing a shirt of my favorite sports team." You know, it's like so like a yeah. proud papa. I never told him, but the value was worth more than all of the a bag end or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> meme that, that's yeah, going yeah. around. Oh. Um, I love the yeah, whole episode. Um, you are I, full of little I, surprises, Master, Master Grogu. I, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, there should be, now we need to get a meme made of, like, Mandalorian looking down at uh, Grogu and being like, I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Um, but no, um... I, I would say one thing I'm a little disappointed in, but it's it's mostly not a problem, mm-hmm. is I thought personally, and I'm not as big, you know, I haven't watched all of, I've watched a lot of Clone Wars, over half of it. I haven't watched all of it. I'm nowhere near as big a fan as Josh and many others. 
So I can't say that I, I'm like this long-running Cad Bane fan, because I'm not. Mm-hmm. But Cad Bane was so freaking badass, and I loved his character so much. Yes. His voice, how he moved, how yes. he looked. I'm sad that he's done already. I don't think he's I'm dead. Re- you don't think he's dead? No, because he's got a cybernetic like thing in his head, in his skull, and you see that when he's like lying down after he gets stabbed. And as the camera pans away, it's still beeping. Okay, I hope he's not, dude, because every moment he was on screen, it's like this. It's like this. Okay, Josh, you know you sit down to watch an episode of a show and you get a pizza? Yeah. And you're eating your pizza through the whole way? Mm-hmm. Every now and then a moment in a show or a movie will be so good or big or breathtaking that you stop taking a bite. You're yeah. like, okay, hold on a sec. I'm going to hold the pizza, but I'm going to focus on the show entirely. It, this 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 show doesn't. This show or movie, it deserves my full attention. I'm yep. not going to bite and chew. Yeah. Every time he came on screen, that's what I was like. I'm not going to bite you're and like, chew. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I, I want to see because Cad, yeah. Cad Bane was just done amazing. He was, uh, I love him, dude. He's one of my. He's he's immediately probably one of my favorite villains, dude. In Star Wars, love him so much. You know, and honestly, when I uh, you know the the feedback coming off the last ep- the previous episode was that like everyone like pretty much is loves how he looks, loves seeing him in there, but there's they're also like kind of iffy on his face compared to the Clone Wars. And his face in the Clone Wars a little bit was a little bit more skeletal and thin. This one's a little bit more rounder. But then he's I got like these like better, I'm teeth. Well, I was just gonna say, I think I really was coming around to it more because like he's got the super skeletally thin build yeah. that he had in the show. He's still got the same look. It's the same voice actor. But when he's like flexing his teeth constantly, I'm just like, this dude's scary. Like yeah. Cad Bane was always just a badass, but now he's like kind of scary too. And well, I. I'm like, you know, I, I kind of feel like people felt like for 30 or 30, 40 years with Boba Fett, I'm like, when can I get my Cad Bane show? I want to see Cad Bane. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm with you. I would Why? I would follow, a, uh, not a, not the book of Cad Bane. It'd be like the the Chronicles of Cad Bane. Ooh, oh, I like shit. that. There the it Cad is. Cad Bane Chronicles. Lando's Cad out Bane there going, fuck you. But, uh, uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, yeah, I agree. Great episode. I, do, what I would I, you I, give... We'll still circle around this, yeah. Josh. What would you give this episode out of 10 as a finale? To- Probably 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Loved it. I think I agree. Yeah. yeah I loved eight. it so much. And I love Cad Bane, dude. I, I would love to see more from him. I just am enamored by his voice and the way he carries himself. And he always turns it into a Western. And it's just such a cool feeling. Oh, I love feeling. how he pulls back the cloak to, to holster over the, his oh, gun. Yeah. Oh, oh, and you have that amazing. stare down. And, and then when he's like, yeah. he's like, you're getting soft. And Boba's like, we all do. And then like, and then later on when they're, when they see each other again and, he says something like, I'm not a little boy anymore, Cad. And I was like, ah, Clone yeah, Wars! I, was, I love that stuff. I, I also, I, I just want to, you know, damn the haters, dude. I just want to see a bunch more interactions. Like, I'm just picturing now a situation where I see Han interact with Cad Bane at some point. Yeah. Like Han, Cad Bane, Boba Fett, Luke, get all this stuff. Let's Okay, Josh, let's go, because we're going to, like we said, we're going to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Let's tackle this thing that was going around Twitter for the last week. Uh, we both loved Luke in the last episode. Where his his C, the CGI the the deep fake stuff they did was mo- leagues above Uncanny what we saw. Uncanny Valley. It was so good. We enjoyed it. We uh, we know that we we found out after the fact that um, they used different audio samples of Mark Hamill back from that era to make him speak like use a computer algorithm to make him speak in the show yeah. with his original younger voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of complaints on, we're mostly on Twitter. I'm sure it was on Reddit and other places too, but like a lot of complaints that, uh, this wasn't actually Luke, you know, it wasn't actually Luke's face. It was a deep fake. It wasn't actually his voice. It was a computer algorithm. And you know, it's so devoid of life and they could have just cast another actor, blah, 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 blah. And I'll pass over here, Josh quick. But my thing was, I just loved it. 
It felt amazing. It was it was just a an odd dropping jaw dropping experience to see him back. And my thing is with them using him as as, as like short as they did in Mando season two and in this, yeah. if they're going to use him this short, I vastly prefer this deep fake type stuff. Yeah, I agree. To me, this feels like we're literally getting Mark Hamill. Yeah, is what it feels like. Yeah. And if we're going to have him for a few minutes here and there, stick with that. If you want to do a whole show. You can probably more likely convince me like Sebastian Stan or something would be yep. a better option. No, go with Sebastian, yeah. But for just moments, this is great. Um, I think it's fair that people are like a little thrown off by it, but I don't know. I loved it, Josh. What do you have to say? I, yeah, I absolutely loved it too. I was like, man, people got to just chill with that stuff because it's like Luke and Luke and Return of the Jedi was just as kind of like wooden in some of the ways with his delivery. Like he's a confident Jedi. He's not as in, he's not insecure anymore. He's just like more self-assured and stuff like that. And that's the same Luke we get in this, you know, and it's yeah, not, if you're picturing new hope, Luke, like he's not going to act like that. Yeah. It's like, it's this, I think of like the Luke that goes up to see Jabba. That's like greetings, exalted ones, you know, I offer yeah. these gifts, you know, and stuff that, that tonally, like tonally, that's the same Luke. I feel like we got in this and the, the when he's like, get back up, always get back up. And it's just so like, I don't know. He's got this inspiring way about him that reminds. It just reminds me of that same Luke. Imagine how pissed Luke is going to be after he found out that he sent Baby Yo. He sent Grogu off in his X-wing to Tashi Station to get some power converters, and he never came back. <laughs> Grogu's like, "I'll come back. I'll come back. I'm just going to wear this for protection." It's tattoo. That's, that's what like I thought. He was trying to tell the the frizzle haired woman. He's like, "We're here to get power converters." <laughs> She's like, "Just hold on a second. I'm trying to catch up with my buddy." R two's like, like "Bitch." <laughs> but no 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 yeah, yeah i think it's funny though because luke was it's almost like luke's like fuck you then like if you don't if you want the chain mill go i'm not gonna fly you go I'm, R2, I'm doing a R2? jedi temple with some real you know, jedi yeah i don't got time for this shit yeah i know but <laughs> no it's probably because the tech and everything it's probably expensive and i think it i think it made more sense and it was cool to get that little brief r2 cameo too as well so see him carry over no i like the deep fake stuff i was fine with it um i was really happy to see because i knew we all knew that they had hired that guy from youtube who did that stuff after mando season two and it was just uncanny i mean obviously there was those few oh, moments so it's that guy's work yeah That's so amazing. and they should go back and fix since it's not on disc they might as well fix this last so a lot of people say that and i agree i would be fine i mean with that. why That's not a simple, right? that's like a george lucas edit that like i can get on board with so a, a little little nerd fact to it here for yeah. i'm guessing most people listening don't know this when the hobbit and unexpected journey the first hobbit movie came out to theater um there in the beginning of that movie the flashback with um erebor falling yeah smog comes in destroys erebor and he has four legs when you saw it in the movie theater back in 2012, Smog had four legs. They decided after releasing it in the movie theater that they wanted him to have two legs and then his two front legs would be the wings. So he only has two legs and two wings instead mm. of uh, four legs. So they changed it during the time it was in the theater. And then when they went sent the discs out to be printed, the discs got printed with the change. No shit. So there is no, like, there's no way to see smog and his original four-legged form that was there in the theater when we saw it in 2012. I didn't know that, man. I didn't yeah. know that. Isn't that kind of cool? So like they, it is pretty cool. So like that's, that's an example like right since since Disney Plus doesn't seem to be releasing any of their stuff on disc. Yeah. Why not go fix Luke now since it's yeah. only on a digital don't and then do it. if you do release it on disc one day it'll be fixed. It's not like they can't do it either because they had that I don't, I don't know if you remember but back in that same episode back in the day they had a guy just like a boom my guy or something like that, like in the background that you could see. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty yeah. close. They, and they like they shot them. them out. They got them out. So I'm sure they could 
could do something with Luke's face and stuff like that if they just use the regular footage of the actual actor that stood in. But uh, yeah. no, I was really happy with that. And, you know, it was tough at first because it had been like that was the second episode where just the focus was just not on Boba. But I loved it. So it was like this. Uh, it was. It's like a, it was easy for me to reconcile it because the episode content was so good. I felt like it was going to lead back to Boba, but there was the other part of me that was like, "Man, this feels like some weird, like different show." Like overall, I feel like Book of Boba is a clunky experience, but I love it. Yeah, that's fair. And but but when I go back to the Luke stuff, I'm like, "This is really cool" because I didn't. I had a feeling maybe we'd see him, especially when at the end of the previous episode, Mando's like, "You know, I'm going to go see an old friend or whatever he said. Got to go see a little buddy or something." And you think they're going to go there, but I'm also like, man, it almost, I almost didn't, ex- I just didn't expect to see Luke again so soon. And then they yeah. just show him and all the training is just like so emotionally engaging. We see Luke now like almost mirroring full, full circle, like in George Lucas fashion. It's like poetry. It rhymes. And he's like, he's now the master, but he's got the same species on his back like Yoda. And he's doing front flips. He's running through a jungle instead of this, like, well, uh, the the jungle that was Dagobah. But he's doing all the same shit. He's swinging his lightsaber around, training, and he's trying to get Grogu to train. He's what doing the same shit. I, no one knows yet for sure, but a lot of people think it's Agent Claus, which was the planet um, that Leia was on in Rise of Skywalker, that jungle planet. And, okay. But don't know for sure. And also a lot of people think that that's there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not in the flashback from Rise of Skywalker, when Luke is training Leia and they're just sparring, a lot of people think it's the same planet. I could be wrong, but I think it is, considering it's his Jedi Academy. If I had to guess, Grogu, they they, they, they mention in this, like Luke basically says, you'll be my first student or whatever. Well, Grogu's not going to be that. So I would think maybe at this point, it's he's either already tried that stuff with Leia and that didn't work. Yeah. So he thought Grogu was going to be his first. Either way, I think Ben says first. And he does yeah. get other students. We know that, but... I think I think Ben's it's exciting time to stuff together, man. You know it what I is, love? and they in the Star Wars website more or less confirmed that that temple is basically the same place that uh, was in Last Jedi, which is an awesome connection. Like, go ahead. Any like, I'll probably piss some people off listening who are listening right now, but I'm like, piss here's the great out. thing. Like, here's the great thing is like, eventually we're all gonna die off, and then like all the people who have opinions now are all going to be dead and like this will just be Star Wars legacy yeah. like all these films and shows and no one's going to be like I mean I'm sure there's still going to be criticisms of, of of course I can criticize movies that are 100 years old too but for the most part people are going to be like yeah you know uh prequel and prequel original and sequel trilogy it's all one cohesive thing they all go together like they're going to know like history is going to say that yeah like, yeah this was done Original trilogy was done first, and George did the prequels with better technology. Like all that Disney bottom, that's going to be there. But for the most part, it's going to be so far back in history. Yeah. People are just going to look at it as like the original nine episodes. It's, it's going to be connected. people in the future that are like, man, nothing tops the original nine. That's when they had it down perfect. It's, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's going to happen. They'll get some you know? High Republic trilogy out or something, and then people will be like, man, I prefer I'm a nine purist. Yeah, 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 exactly. A nine purist. Exactly. No, yeah. no, no. It, but that episode was super good even. Um, getting to see the connective tissue and, and getting to see Luke and Ahsoka talking was just kind of... Oh, yeah. Ahsoka was awesome. It was surreal. I'm like, there's a one part of me that's like, Ahsoka, how fucking old are you? Like, how does your, how old is your species? But, you know, I don't really know. Same with Cad Bane. It's like, you guys were both in the Clone Wars. It's been a long time. How old are you I can't you remember. Like, do we know for a fact... Maybe she said it in Mando Season 2, but do we know for a fact what Ahsoka was doing, like, during Empire Strikes Back? Like, was she just chilling? We don't know yet. 
We yeah, don't know. I wonder. No, if I had to guess, though, considering this is all after that and after how Rebels ended, I think she she was definitely like hunting across the galaxy trying to find information about Thrawn and Ezra. Because it basically ends with those two shipping out into the unknown regions and she doesn't know how to get to him or, or I don't even know. I can't even remember now if she knew that they went out that way. And it kind of has this flash forward sequence of like her and Sabine basically going to search for him, which is what a lot of people think is basically going to be the pilot for the actual live action Ahsoka show is where they go to find those two. Because a lot of people are starting to think that Thrawn's going to be sort of the Thanos of this Manoverse. Yeah. That's going to kind of connect everything together. I could see that happening. I really could. Because he's not like yeah. some superimposing Sith Lord, but he is, you know, a imperial remnant basically. So I think what you said about Book of Boba Fett being clunky and like, because I said in the beginning of this episode, I was like, we're gonna we're gonna talk about complaints we have or criticisms, but we're mostly yeah. just here to talk about how we're excited and really enjoyed it. But like, yeah, it was a very like as a whole cohesive show. It was extremely clunky because mm-hmm. you have the first few episodes are heavy on flashbacks. They're not even current time. You know, yeah. yep. and then you get then you get a full Mando episode with like zero Boba Fett, and then it follows up with two more episodes that are like partial Boba Fett, oh, yeah. partial Mando, and then also I mean if you haven't watched any of Mandalorian season one and two, you're gonna be lost in some stuff. For, oh, for sure. definitely. Um, so, like I guess I'm kind of I know we're we're not at the end of this recording or anything like that, but I'm kind of wondering, Josh, like where do you think? Critically, you're at for this whole show as a, as a cohesive show. Book of Boba, one. or just like universe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh man, probably, honestly, probably like a five out of ten. Subjectively, I, was, I loved it you. like a seven out of ten. But yeah, um, yeah. No, that's actually you're very close to me. I, I would say subjectively, like personal enjoyment, seven. Okay. Um, trying to be critical. I almost wanted to say a six, but I was thinking five also, but I, I, I'm leaning more towards a six because my thing is, like, if I see five as, like, an average season of a show, yeah. Bo- Book of Boba Fett stumbles in so many of the normal makings of a show, like, be cohesive, follow character lines right. through, keep a, keep a one solid vision, don't depend on other things. It fails at all that, mm-hmm. but, like, the action, the spectacle, the character introductions, the fun, the enjoyment of it is above average for me yeah so i'm probably gonna go more around it's probably a six out of ten show for okay me. no 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 I, I could see a six out of ten you know i think the problem is it's just that like it was cool well, it was cool that it opens up showing where you know boba escaping the sarlacc pit that was honestly like one of the best moments in this entire show i think yeah. but then going into all it like kind of kicks off with a bang and then it really goes slow the next couple episodes as he like it switches between him flashing back to what is kind of a slow story with the Tuscans to then what is like a slow buildup of him just making his rounds, you know, and poking holes and shit basically yeah. and kind of trying to meet and greet around Tatooine. It's just a slow build. Not a whole lot's happening. And you're wondering, like, what's the end game for this? And I think the problem is, is like the biggest problem people had. Like, I like the flashback stuff because it gave his character, uh, it, it gave him a new sense of purpose, gave him a new sense of life. It showed that, like, it, like by the end of this now, because I wasn't sure initially, but after seeing the finale, it does feel like they have an idea of what to do with Boba Fett. But there was a little yeah. bit where I was like, I don't know. But it does feel like they're just trying to reinvent the wheel. Because you kind of said it best before online, but like everything they wanted to do with Boba, they already did with Mando. So they had to find a new way to do it. And it makes sense. But when you have the, all the Tuscan stuff, it reminds me of the holiday special when it's just like six minutes straight of Wookiees. <laughs> And you don't 
you're like, what the fuck? Am, what are they saying? Like, yeah. no, sub, I don't know what is going on. So every time the Tuscans talk, you don't understand what they're saying. The only person you know is Boba, what he's saying and how he's reacting. So it makes it kind of like it's a little boring, even though I just I wasn't enjoyed interested it. in the Tuscan stuff. Exactly. And, and, and I think it's something cool, you said that, but yeah, like him crawling, him coming crawling out of the Sarlacc pit was amazing to see that on screen. Yeah. Yeah, it almost yeah. makes me wish, like, like I, it, it wouldn't really work, right? Because we know in Mandalorian Season 2, he shows up, doesn't have the armor, and he's yeah. trying to get it back from Mando. Right. So it wouldn't really work. But I think, like, in a perfect world, I would have loved, you know, go back go back to, you know, when Disney just uh, acquired Star Wars. In a perfect world, I would have just liked a 10-episode season of Boba Fett yeah. that starts with him crawling out of the pit and just... 10 episodes of him just going like no flashbacks like just we're in the time of him crawling out of the pit yeah. just carrying forward and having his armor already I think that's kind of what I would have enjoyed it just wouldn't have fit with the timeline because you well you would have had to like now, made a time yeah. jump somewhere and maybe like a halfway in yeah and I mean, since he doesn't have the armor like we have to get him out of the armor to yeah. get back to him because we right. saw him get it back in Mando too so yeah it's it, it, yeah it's very clunky and like the earlier episodes you know there's some boring parts lots of flashbacks and I also kind of wish like by the end of the season, it kind of feels like there's this buildup to a Boba versus Cad Bane. Yeah. But we only got that buildup in just the episode prior. Yeah. I feel like I almost would have preferred, I don't know how they could have done it, but I almost would have preferred if like Cad Bane or like a silhouette of Cad Bane showed up and screwed something up in episode one to yeah. build this, like build right, it through right, the right, right. series, yeah. you know? It just, I mean, it just kind of came out of, like, think if someone, think about this, if someone has missed Let's say someone went out of town and they've missed just ten days right. of Boba Fett. They have no idea that Cad Bane's even involved in the show. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> most people, crazy. most people like my dad's never. He don't know who Cad Bane is. I mean, he, he thought it was a cool character, but like doesn't know who he is. But most people just got to remember it's just like there's so much nuanced stuff being carried over from Clone Wars, like beef history and stuff like that. Hence their dialogue. So for me, seeing them like have a you know have a, only a, a quick lead up to the showdown. I just had all this other additional like time that they've had or interactions they've had. So it was like really cool for me seeing them at this point because it felt like someone was going to die. But from the outside looking in, you know, if you don't watch all that stuff and you just kind of like casually see some of it, it is kind of weird because he literally just shows up. He cameos at the end of the last episode and then he's a prominent part in this episode. The big bad. And then he quote unquote dies and. Yeah, but man, it was fucking awesome when they had their duel, and it was such a cool moment. It played into the story. It was so great that, like, Boba tries to feed him by traditional means, and then he's like, you know what, gaffy stick, gaffy stick, whack combo, slap, and then he's just, like, yeah. trips him up and Dude, everything. Mm. when Cad Bane rolled, that was oh, badass. Oh, that roll was, was so good. It was peak. Oh, that was yeah. peak. And, I uh, mean, even, like, there was a part where, like, Boba, like, fucking did this jetpack slide behind one of those big droids. Which is like a giant droidica. Yeah, that it was, was really fucking cool. cool. Yeah, but also, badass. how did those droids not kill anybody? Not a yeah, single right. person died. I was, was gonna say one thing. I one uh -huh. thing I really hated about the show was I hated that biker gang with the with the the shiny bike. Oh yeah. Thing. But luckily, luckily, I'm still not a huge fan of them. But luckily, since they were introduced more and they're like prominent here in the yeah. final episode. They started to sit the, to fit into the Star Wars world more to me because I saw more of yeah. them. So I came around to it, it more, which that, I appreciated that because they were a sore thumb for me up till this episode. But I was like, okay, I'm do. seeing more of you guys. I think episode three was like the low point of the show, and that was when they yeah. showed up. And honestly, by the end of this episode, I was like, yeah, I like them. But honestly, what it was is the girl. 
like the guy that one guy with the cybernetic eye he got way more lines than any of them pre like prior but then she finally got to talk more and interact and like i gave him some death like when they're pinned down and fennec goes yeah. and saves them and then she's like thank you and fennec's like a compliment or like something like their gratitude or something and it just has like has a nice way of like bonding and everything and it felt cool that was another thing i liked is that this episode had this nice way of culminating in a sense of like family like Kersantan almost died. He's trying to make it back to them and he's like starting to limp and everything. Yeah. And I was sitting there on the edge of my seat and I'm like, don't die. Get there. Too early. Get there. And I'm rooting for him and I'm just like, you don't bring in this comic, popular comic book character only to kill him off. That's going to piss people off. Don't do it. And then Boba was like, cover me. And I'm like, get him, Boba. And then Boba goes out and gets him. And that was a cool thing too. I thought this was perfect because like, it makes the the I love the Mandalorian episodes that we got, but it makes that stuff like all the more enjoyable because anytime like Din Jaren got to stand out a lot in this episode, but like every time he did, he never really like fully succeeded at anything. It was either Boba Fett kind of getting to sort of outshine him and do more badass stuff, or it was Grogu using the Force, and it was like really cool to see that because I love Din, but like. It just kind of helped counterbalance the last two episodes. It felt more like a Boba episode to me. Yeah, it really did. And I was like, it was just so cool to see these two guys in these helmets that are just have become like iconic like characters under a helmet to me. And just seeing them work together was, was fucking cool. All that Tatooine shit was just so neat. It was just so neat and You know the ugh. the interconnectivity of these like multiverse these these shows where yes. all the every are these these universes where everything connects together like MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean the, it's a plus and a minus, right? Because your stuff's going to stand on its own worse. It's not going to be as good. Like, we're giving Book of Boba Fett like a 5 or a 6 out of 10, objectively. Right. But if we talk about how much we enjoyed those events transpiring in the entire scope of all the movies, films, and books, we're probably closer to 8, 9, 10. Like, we're just excited to see these characters interacting. We're yeah. excited to see it. I mean, honestly... But, Coming back around to it, I mean, I love it like a like a nine or a ten out of ten. I just yeah, had just a blast. I'm sad it's over. Right? I'm sad I got to wait a couple months now for more Star Wars. It's just you look forward to this weekly, you get in that Star Wars frame of mind, and then it's gone. And I'm like, no, don't go. Like, give me Come back. Next. Yeah, it's like the moment you get to see yeah. Din Jaren. My one of my probably well, probably my favorite moment of this entire season. It's not even any hate on Boba. It's literally when Din goes to give the bounty in his own episode. Goes to give the bounty, leaves the table, walks away, and as he's going to get into the elevator, the camera is like just following him in this like single shot. It reminded me of like Goodfellas when they go into like the club, and anyway, it's a single shot, and the camera pans like around. You kind of see the club, you see the various patrons going about, walking about their business. Then as he's getting in the elevator, you just see this huge shot outside of the wheel, whatever space station they were on. You just see this huge shot, and I was like, man. That's nothing we've ever seen in Star Wars. And I was like, that's what I love. And I, don't get me wrong. I love Tatooine. I love the homages to any kind of prequel stuff we can get. I love anything that's like familiar. But at the same time, it was like, it didn't feel shoved down my throat. Like, And no hate on the sequels either. But a lot of that stuff was like, it felt forced. And you got to have new stuff. Trilogies have to introduce that stuff. But everything, so many new planets, so little familiar planets. But this one was just like, doesn't even need to focus on it. It's just there, and the plot kind of moves forward. But it was there enough to create that sense of curiosity for me. And I was just like, it gave me the sense of like the galactic scale. And I was like, that's cool. That's what I love. I love. That's why I loved Injaren. That's why I love Mandalorian because this guy is just a galaxy hopper, man. He's just a space jammer going left and right in the universe, going all around. 
and figuring out his place and showing us all these new locales with crazy characters and interesting places. Every time I watch that show, it feels like a tabletop RPG. But Boba's is like this sort of self-contained story on Tatooine. And I also think people probably had a problem with that because Tatooine is like the New York City of Star Wars. It's like, I visited Tatooine. I went to Tatooine. It's like the de facto place. Like, you're not in Star Wars unless you make a stop at Tatooine for a little bit. Yeah, and even when you're not in Tatooine, you're in Jakku, and then it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) What are we we always going to go back to Jakku? We're not going to Jakku, Finn, but we're going somewhere very similar. It's called Tatooine. Oh, oh, just kidding. We've gone there. Nobody's from nowhere. We're going to Pasana now. There's a big festival going on. You're going to love it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Pasana, Pasana, they know how to get turned. Oh, dude, they sure. got so turned there. They so. did. And then, that little kid still scares the crap out of me. And Rise of Skywalker, the one that laughs, the alien that oh, laughs. Oh, man. It looks so uncanny to it's me. It's so weird how the animatronics, granted, it was like three years ago now, but animatronics in this, like when you see a Trandoshan or the Duros face of Cad Bane, it looks so much better than even that little kid just three years ago in Rise of Skywalker, a theatrical film, you know? What was your okay, Josh? What would you say is your highlight, your one moment highlight of this entire show? Boba, Boba getting deaf finally. Them doing something with Boba Fett, like giving well, him. Okay, I'll take that. But also, can you give me like a key a scene moment or a moment? Yeah. Mm. Man. Okay, if it's if I'm focusing on Boba, if I'm just negating all the Mando and uh, Luke and all that stuff. Uh, honestly, you don't have to negate Luke no, honestly, like it was awesome when him and Din just flew out in the jet packs yeah. to go down because it was like, I felt like we were waiting to see Boba be a badass this whole show, but it was like the build up to him being a badass again. And now we're there. So it's like he not only did, like he does so many cool shit in this episode that he didn't do in the rest of it. He flies out on a fucking jetpack, blastering, shooting people with pistols. He uses his jetpack missile. He climbs on top of a fucking raincore and just thrashes down all over the streets of Tatooine. He has a gunfight with Cad Bane and wins, stabs him in the chest with a gaffy stick. He does so much cool stuff. Honestly, just seeing those two fly out. Was just a cool like bro co op moment. Like player two is joined the game, and we're I gonna saw that. I was like, "This is so cool." Yeah, that That's moment so cool. for me was cool. That's when I'm like, "Here we go." That was my favorite moment. Cad Bane was the moment for me. Was it actually was, his appearance or like like the cameo? I'd say his his appearance at the end of the last episode. Some iconic that Star Wars was, moment. Him just walking that, off in the desert. He was like, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna park my speeder yep. way back here and walk the whole way. Fuck it." Just like seeing just his teeth, and then he lifts up his hat, and you see his full face, and you're like, "Damn, dude looks." crazy menacing that was that was badass like that was because the thing is i guess like as as amazing as the luke stuff was and how much better it looked i'd already got that moment in season two like it, was, it wasn't was the new. first time it was the second time uh soka i'd already had that moment in season two it wasn't the first time boba i'd already seen him it was but cad bane was a completely new thing and uh he just looks so bad at i want to see so much more cad bane i hope this isn't the end now i, I that, is, that. that does encourage me to watch more clone wars because he's there cool um, dude cool he but, shows up uh, in rebels too briefly i think and uh also bad batch i think he shows up in I each like, one i like how everybody just has to like they want to connect these things so bad that everybody just has to be old now it's like we want cad bane to show up again he's got to be old we if want it's an Han alien to show up again it's like they could live long <laughs> you know, I swear. yeah or or if it's you know yeah, uh, like way. han leia and luke they got to be old like everybody it's like we just we want to connect prequel to to sequel era yeah or, or in between right. so everybody's got to be old as shit now it's the only way i love it i love it because i mean no, so much of that it. stuff it's like you know i could probably go i don't know for sure but i i could probably go i think uh I think a soga species is Tegrutin, a Tegruta or something like that. And anyway, um, I feel like you could probably go look up her species in canon. and They'd probably say that they're average age, you know, and stuff like that, how much they live to. But in new canon, they're like, eh, 
fuck, you know, let's 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 play around with it. You know, let's have I mean, fun. Ahsoka looks like she's thirty five. She does. I mean, too. she looks super young in there. But I love it at the same time because she got to have the interaction. That was another thing too. That was so cool. This show is that like you get to see. Uh, I always wondered what that would be like. What if Ahsoka got to meet Luke some Luke someday, and they got to have an intera- interaction? We didn't get to see them meet. I would love to see them talk about Anakin. Just talk about didn't Padme. Say, like you remind me of your father. Luke? Yeah, she mentions that in passing, and then to Din, she's like, "I'm a friend of the family," and it's like, ah! And then when she, there, I've been seeing this going around, but there's like a, a still of like her when she she pats R two D two on the head, and then it's like the top, the top still is like her patting R2's head back in the Clone Wars. And I'm just like, oh my God, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Man, Josh, you're gonna, can you believe like we're seeing all this, but we're we're quickly building to, you're gonna see Hayden Christensen again. Uh, if I live, if I live gonna, long If enough. you live. Yeah, if I don't. If you live, yeah. You're like, I hope I live long enough to see that. But yeah, it's like he's, may. It's like, Josh, it's like he's on life support. There's, he's barely alive. We should just pull the plug. Like, and Josh is like, no, just just keep it running until the, the Obi-Wan comes out. <laughs> then you can pull the plug. I'm like that, that Shaq meme where it's like, I sleep. And then it's like, Anakin shows up. I wake. <laughs> like, here I am. No, yeah. And I mean, the great the great thing is once we see Hayden and Obi- in the Obi-Wan show, yeah. there's always a chance that in sh- different shows in the future, we'll see him again. He's going to be in Ahsoka yeah. at least. And I, I, I got to imagine if he's not a force Is that confirmed that, or are you just pretty sure? I think it is confirmed, but I'm not 100% off the top of my head. But I'm almost, I think that is confirmed. But, uh. If he's not a force ghost in that, I would think they're going to do him via flashbacks. And that's the where I get back to Obi-Wan is I'm thinking, okay, I know they're, they've, they've hinted that, well, they've already said that this is going to be the rematch of the century, basically. They hint that those two are, or they imply those two are going to get back together and fight. But, like, you don't need to have Hayden in the suit. You need Hayden there if you're going to have him, like, with the helmet off. But I also don't... Th- think that you would maybe have a whole lot of scenes with him with the helmet I off. I feel like we're going to get so like I think back to tank flashback. I was just going to say that. I think we're going to get a lot of Clone Wars flashback stuff. So it doesn't necessarily mean a cameo from like Natalie Portman as Padme, but it could be possible. You're going to be so stoked, Josh, if there's like a, a like a Clone Wars flashback where like um, Anakin and Obi are working together and like kid Ahsoka shows up and runs off into battle and Anakin's like, why does she always do that? And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't. It's just, it's like Clone Wars, but live action. Yeah, Obi-Wan will be like, I wonder who she got it from. Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, yeah, I would, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is ours, I love it. Yeah, you're not going to want to shut up. No, I know, and I hope like, Qui-Gon shows up at least as a voice to Obi-Wan, but uh, I'm excited for the Obi-Wan stuff as much as I am Anakin just showing up, period, so. But that's like six episodes, it's going to be even shorter. They're just, they're going down. They're like Mando, eight. They're like Book of Boba, seven. Obi-Wan, yeah. six. What, and or five? What? How are you going to hurt me more? You, you, I, <laughs> Gonna give me one division season Josh, two for comparison with Book of Boba Fett season one. Mm. Um, what would you give Mando season two and Mando season one objective? Mm. Okay, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. I've seen both of those seasons. Uh, I would give Mando season two off the top of my head a nine out of ten. And okay. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd give it a nine out of ten. No, no, no. Nine point <laughs> five out of ten. Mando season wow. one, nine out of ten. The thing is, is that I remember there was the, I remember, remember, there was the, I think, third or fourth episode. I want to say it was the fourth episode of Mando, where he gets on that planet where he meets Cara Dune, and he's in that little village, and they basically, the episode is centered around him taking down a AT-AT, the chicken walker, and, or no, that's an ATS. I don't know. I'm getting my ships mixed up. Someone listening to this is like, oh my God, but uh, they fight that. That episode was very, like, 
kind of self-contained. It wasn't, but it kind of was, and it like nothing super big happened. In hindsight, I'm like, I'm so glad that episode's there. But going on that week to week basis, I was like, man, that's really that's what we got this week, you know. But that was a great season, great like cliffhanger, great just send off. And then going into season two, season two was just banger after banger after banger. But it did also have a lot of cameos. And I know a lot of people like were like, that's cool, but also like it's almost slowly starting to not become Din Show, which now we kind of it's interesting to think about with Boba. But I remember that at the time people were like, is this, it, that, that's when it became apparent that there's like a Mandoverse or as I think Hawes called it on Blue Harvest, I think he said, I might be mispronouncing it, but he's like the Mando or Mandalorian television universe, the MTU, is <laughs> it called uh-huh. it? I love that. And I, it definitely seems to be that. And that's it what was surprised, probably surprised surprise you then because I feel like I would give season one of Mando a nine mm-hmm. and season two a 7.5. Oh, okay. And why was it 7.5 for you? Because of what you just said, actually. Uh, I feel like for not, it does a much better job, but I feel like in the same way Boba Fett relies too much on the universe interconnectivity season two of mando doesn't stand alone on its very on its very very well on its own no that's uh, true so that's true so i, I feel like it, it, the the moments in season two are freaking amazing the highs are high but it it relies on so much it relies on like luke boba fett um it relies on the dark troopers all this different stuff uh and it doesn't really focus in on him whereas i would say like you could show someone Mando season one as their first Star Wars thing ever, and it's just damn good Star Wars, and it's a television show, and it's cohesive, and it's one, and it's full, yeah, and it doesn't really connect much. There's the dark saber that shows up in that, but it's mostly just. Its I own love thing. how inexperienced so, he still is with it. Like, as much as we got him in this show, he didn't really do shit with that. He didn't really do anything with, with it. Din Jaren didn't really do anything with the dark saber. You know, we uh, got to see well, that. I think that's where season three. That, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I loved that. Like, he didn't do shit with it in this because it's like he stabbed that droid's eye. What do you call those droids? Do you know? I don't ones? off the top of my head, but honestly, they were they like just... the ones from Revenge of the Sith, but big. Yep. Yeah, the yeah. spider walker droid. Spider walker cool. droids. Yeah. I did. Yeah. There was like it was a mix between those and like a giant droidica because they had the little like bubble ray shields and stuff. So that was kind of yeah. interesting, but. Yeah. Um, so who like was that the Pikes? Like they just had those on. I hand guess so. Them? Yeah. Huh. I guess so. Now, at this point, there's no remnants of Crimson Dawn left, right? That's we don't know. Actually, that was another rumor. People thought there was rumors that Kira was going to show up, or at least there was going to be a Crimson Dawn connection. So I mm. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with it. Like, I I could see this. There's got to be a grand, like, plan for things going on in this Mandalverse, this time of the the universe, the state of the galaxy. I think you're right about, uh, but Thrawn, what's his name? Thanos, uh, Thrawn. Uh, Thrawn. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm thinking it's either Thrawn. I do lean more toward him, but it's either Thrawn or maybe like a Crimson Dawn thing, but they also haven't really connected Crimson Dawn into this timeline as, as much to my knowledge. Where so. Thrawn actually got a spotlight word, like Ahsoka saying it up close in season two. It's like, we want the audience to know Thrawn's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Where they've never said anything related. You to could tell that moment, that episode, but even that line specifically was like, okay, backdoor pilot. We get it. I see what you're doing there. Would Crimson Dawn even be that exciting? Because Maul is completely dead. Yeah, unless they decide to do something else with Maul again, which I don't think they would do. I don't. No, because then Obi Wan wouldn't have got a final showdown with. That's what I'm. It's, it's, it's almost sad. Kid. It's almost sad is that you already had that happen in that show in Rebels, so you can repeat the same scene. In live action, I just don't think they would do that. And also, Ezra was briefly a part of that scene, and like, I don't think they would do. I just don't think they would do that. I, yet they won't retcon it either. So I honestly, 
there's a there's a part of me that's like, will Maul show up in it? But I just don't. I don't think he will. I, if they really want Maul stuff again, they could just start a new show that sets place. Yeah, on it seems like it's going to have to do with Inquisitors. I think Inquisitors are trying to hunt down Jedi. Something has to happen with where they get on Tatooine, and I think there comes to be Obi Wan's like, don't start nothing, won't be nothing, and they start something and yeah. sets him on his adventure probably. But yeah, well, okay. Let me ask you this, Brian. Where do you think? What do you think is going to happen? What do you think Mando and Grogu are going to be up to? What do you think they're going to be getting up to season three? And what do you think Boba's going to be getting up to? Mando, I think he's going to, to like, I, I guess I, I I feel like what I'm saying is accurate, but I don't know how to articulate it because I'm not up on the lore. But, like, he's going to Mandalore to, like, take over or, or help. That's what I was thinking. I, like, I don't know. What's going on on Mandalore right now? What's it's just happening it's like scorched earth. It's like glass, okay. like Halo, basically. So, yeah. Okay, so I think he's going to, like, do stuff on Mandalore, rebuild Mandalore, whatever. I think eventually we're going to see, I don't know if it'll be season three. Mm-hmm. See, I, I'm i so used to shows putting like good golden moments on a carrot and hanging yep. it like four seasons yeah. down the line. Yeah. But they don't seem to be doing that with Mandalore. No, no, they no. They seem to be just giving them to us. So yeah. I was going to say like, I feel like eventually there's going to be a showdown with Bo-Katan. And when I, originally I thought that's probably like five seasons away or some shit, but that might happen like in the first few episodes Dude, of this next you. season. I'm with you. 100%. I you think know? that's what's going to happen. It's like, you like she was mentioned, she was referenced and stuff like that. There was so much teasing in. The, I, honestly, what we got with the first, like the core Mando episode, was honestly like the Ahsoka one almost in Mando season two. It was like really, yeah. you could tell that's like that's season three. That's a season three backdoor pilot. Is that what that yeah. episode is? So much was set up with Mandalore. I think they're going to go back there, and I just think that's also a nice way of like kind of keeping those characters there away, like. Not saying he's going there and never leaving, but like that's a way, that's a place to keep the characters away from the sequel trilogy events and stuff. If you wanted to, but I, I do still think Mando's going to somehow end at some point with uh, Din dying. I just, I see him dying. I don't see him not making. That'd be it. sad. But, but I don't see Grogu dying. I don't see how they kill a baby, you know. And that's me. That's like me metaing it. If that makes sense. Like I'm not. Like in universe, it's like they could they could find a way, but just in real life, it's like they're not gonna put that on screen. Oh, that totally reminds me. That sucked that the fucking Gamorians died. I hated that the oh, guards yeah. got flung to their deaths. I love those guys, dude. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, tell me they're not dead. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. But damn. Um, as far as as far as Boba goes, I, this is less like them telling me this is what's gonna happen and more what I hope. But I hope that season two of Boba is just. Boba and Ming-Hua uh, Fennec. I, I wanted to, the reason I said her name was because I was also in the back of my head. I wanted to praise how amazing she is and how much I love her character. I really her final scene taking out those like elders of the Dope. bikes. Amazing. Superman. And I just also, I, I love her so much. I just, the other night I had me and Erica watch Mulan again because I just love her so much. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, she's, yeah. she's, just, yeah. she's just great. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, I think it's going to be, what I hope for season two is Boba and Fennec out basically running bounties and being badasses yeah that's what i want their whole season two to be and there can be like an actual plot thread that why they're doing that but like have them out there doing boba shit you know being like just yeah. killing people it can be bad people you know it can be a good guy still but that's what i want for season two it's interesting because i mean i wonder if i could see it setting up that way but i wonder if they're going to do more with like the hut cartel because since they teased the two hut twins or the the yeah. brother and sister it's like they only left because the pikes were moving in and they, like it was just getting messy. But I wonder now if the pikes are gone, if they're going to say basically like, oh shit, this isn't hut space. It's like, we want this. So let's come back. And also this guy's like, he's fucked up. Like his people are fucked up. Like they won, but they're, 
they're pretty hurt. So let's go in and yeah. finish them off. I wonder if that I, will be a big thing. I'll be real with you. I could. I, I'm a big fan of Cobb Vanth. I would be cool with Cobb Vanth becoming an A level character if they wanted to put that effort. Behind. Seems like I don't think they to. will. I don't think Seems they will. Seems like they're going to though. I don't know. But if they if they made him like you know they give him some kind of armor or cybernetic thing whatever because he's being healed right now whatever yeah. and they they made him a main character like Mando or Boba I'm cool with that. I, I like timothy oliphant and this character i i really like it's so weird to me because i saw like people pause the frame it looks like he gets hit in his right shoulder yeah but yet he's like he's more or less quote-unquote dead and then he he's alive in the tank and they're like keeping him alive basically and this in that cybernetic dude that doctor is like gonna go to work on him and that's how it ends so i mean it almost seems like the maybe the all the, the, the teases about the armor, all the references to that, it's like, are they going to give him some fucking armor? Like, the, like yeah. basically, neck down, it's just straight-up armor. But I'm also like, he, dude, he got shot in the shoulder. Come on. Well, here's something I thought, but I keep discounting it because I feel like it wouldn't make sense uh-huh. and fans would be pissed. But, like, what if he just has, like, Mandalorian armor somehow? Yeah. Again. yeah it could be. I just but maybe don't... it's got a certain flair to it to make it seem distinctual enough to be Cobb Vance. I don't think that guy would be able to, like, make that stuff. But, I mean, that's always possible. No, I'm not saying like he makes it. I'm saying like at some point through Bob the just future, gets it. He, he acquires yeah. it somehow. Well, Hawes was definitely worried that he was going to get Boba's armor somehow, that Boba might die and that he would get, and Cobb would get the armor back. Hence the whole like coming full circle of all those like shouldn't have let, shouldn't have got rid of that armor. But You know what I kind of hate, I Josh? What's that? I feel like I feel like I would have liked this whole show one whole point better if if Boba Fett just had the same colored armor as he had yep. in the original film. I don't like the black. I love the gray. I ne- I didn't think, you know... I, I don't even want the painted green. I like the bro... I like how it was... I don't want him to wear it like he had it in it. Like, literally, the, the, the scratched up. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The white... With the white undersuit, yeah. all of it. Just... Why did we need to change it? Like, I know it looks cool in one sense, but, like... It just it doesn't match as well. It, it really doesn't. No. It just doesn't to me. I don't it know. Doesn't, it's 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 too it's too different from what you expect Boba Fett to look like. That's the, the thing. only thing you, that really spitting image is his helmet. It's a really good point because with Luke, I said this off air to Brian yesterday, guys. But to just recap, it's like with with Luke, you have he. It's like all these years later. It's like somewhere just under ten years later. I want to say it's like six years after Return of the Jedi, but I could be wrong. It's like six or ten or something like that. But or nine. I don't even. It's somewhere around there. But. He's got, you see him again. He's not only in the same fucking clothes, the same black cloak, he's got the same haircut. And it's like, I've never kept the same hairstyle for like six years, not even like two years. So it's funny because I've had mine for like 14. That's true. And that's a good, that's a good (laughs) count point. But, but I would think that Luke, you know, wouldn't. But I know that they're doing that because if you show Luke with a brand new haircut, and you give him that deep fake and all that stuff, people are going to be thrown off. It's going to be jarring. People are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, that's Luke, but what's up with his fucking hair? you got to show him in a way that's familiar to audiences. He's got like a lip piercing, and he's riding one of those colored bikes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, get that Spy kid stuff out of here. That Shark Boy and Lava <laughs> yeah, Girl. Yeah, very Spy Kid. Yeah, super right. Robert Rodriguez in that. But I love seeing his inspiration. I loved, I could feel that when I see it. Yeah. But, you, you know, you got to show Luke as was. You know, you got to introduce them, reintroduce them as such in a familiar way before Can we you bring start back showing. The Spy Kids actors in, in 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 Star Wars as new characters. Oh, like the, the girl mainly. Yeah, the Spy Kids chick. She could be like a. She could be. She could. How about this? This is this is crazy, Josh. This is so stupid. Okay. But I'm gonna say it. The chick from Spy Kids plays. I forgot her name off the top of my head. She plays in canon in the show a live action 
Luke's girlfriend from the Legends. Mara Jade? Mara Jade. No, no I don't want her. <laughs> no. Mara Jade. No. I want Mara Jade, but... I Not don't... played by her? No. And it's easy to be like Karen Gillan or Jessica Chastain and stuff like that because they're redheads. But I'm like, I don't know who I would pick off the top of my head. But no, not the not the girl from Spy Kids. I mean, she's pretty, but but um, Spy Kids, Mary Jane. I can't remember what I last saw her in, but yeah, no, she looks great and everything. But um, nah, no, no, no. But uh, no, I was just saying with like Luke, it's just like you you got to show him, you got to introduce him in a familiar, reintroduce him in a familiar way before you start to like show him in anything different if you do at all. And then Boba, it's like the complete opposite. They're like. We're going to show him in a freaking black robe with a gaffy stick walking around like a desert hobo. And then we're going to give him his armor, but then it's going to be like black underneath rather than the classic. Well, what's gray crazy, Josh, is they didn't even. This, this, this will go. This will sit right at home with people who were irritated about Halo 4. Uh, in Mando season two, he gets his armor back, and then the next episode, he just shows up with it repainted. Shiny and chrome. Like it's just repainted with a new undersuit. Yeah. I'm like. Dude, we didn't even get a transition there. It's like, you know, how many people said, like, oh, I would have been fine with Halo 4 with Master Chief's armor if he just got that armor two or three episodes in? Yeah. Well, like, why did Mand- Why did Boba, like, he helps Mando in Season 2, and then, boom, next week, next week he's just got a different colored suit. Like, what? Okay. Yeah, true. Not a whole lot of time change there. That season, now that I think about it, Season 2 did move at a pretty fast It's a pace. little all over the place. As but well. you know what Not I remember, though? Boba My favorite moment that entire season outside of Luke was that moment, I forget the character's name, but it was Bill Burr, and he's sitting there with that trooper, or he's sitting there with that uh, oh, that's pretty guy, good. and he's like, what you getting at, trooper? Oh, man, yeah. that fuck the tension. That was like the best acting I've probably seen in that entire show so far. It was so good. But I tell you what, if they, they, they better never, ever kill Grogu, because I, don't think it'll I, happen. I don't think fans' hearts could handle it. I don't think my heart can handle it. Like, I would be really sad if Din dies, because at, like I was telling Josh the other day, like, I feel like Din Djarin's, Djarin's my favorite character in Star Wars, mm-hmm. which might seem crazy to some people, but like I never, I didn't have the attachment to Luke as much as other people did growing up, and so it's not it's less like you know if, if a hardcore like longtime Star Wars fan said their their new their favorite was Din Djarin, a lot of times people would probably be like really better than Luke and Han and all that, but yeah. I don't have that attachment as much even though I grew up with it, so I feel like it's Din. So if Din died, I'd be really sad, but like his character is suited to die in a sense, like yeah. It, he, his his art could be well done if he dies, but like if there's some moment where like Andrew Garfield style Din isn't able to save Grogu from falling like Gwen Stacy style, <laughs> that's gonna my heart cannot handle that. Like you can't for one you can't kill Grogu, but two you definitely cannot have it be Din's this fault. This time he sleeps. Grogu died permanently. No, that's dark. <laughs> if Grogu dies, that's a mistake. If he dies and it's because Din did something wrong unforgivable yeah. unforgivable i still think the end of the show okay i initially thought the show was going to go this way to preface but i think the end of the show of mando is going to be about uh, like i can just see in my head them getting to the planet of that of yoda's species and just seeing several of them like tons of them just having that final reveal that build up and that doesn't necessarily mean he's going there to live among them maybe he stays with maybe he stays with din or or, or something but like if din dies Maybe he goes back to his people. I don't know, but I feel like it's like there's so much mystery, you know, like right now the mystery, like in season one and two, it was like, holy shit, you know, you're like a weird alien we don't see often. And also like uh, you're a baby and you're super powerful. That's weird. And then in like this, it's been more, it's been hinting more like your past. How'd you escape the temple? Did you, did you go through, what was that like? 
<clears throat> but I think it'll eventually circle back around. Like, I think that's ultimately his end game is kind of like revealing that species as a whole. I think I would prefer if, because since, you know, Grogu's going to live an extremely long time, I think I would prefer if we got either a new theatrical movie or shows that take place past the sequel trilogy where Din is involved, because he'll still be alive. Yeah, please he'll don't give alive. him, like, teenage Groot. Like, I don't want to see him be like, hey, yeah. do you want to go on this mission? You know, the whole galaxy's at stake, and he's like... <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, no. I don't want that shit. Uh, I want to. I want to see. Din, I want to see Din, older Din. He'd probably be what sixty something, seventy. Yeah. Uh, past the sequels, I want to see Din there. But I would be fine with Din getting a death in that era because the truth of the matter is, if Grogu's going to live very long at all, he's going to outlive Din. Yeah. I mean, he lives like nine hundred thousand years. You know. Well, so. it definitely seems to indicate that they wanted his DNA to potentially do stuff with either Snoke or Palpatine. And yeah. that was hinted in, I think, the second yeah. season. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Keep, That's on the back burner. Right yeah, now. they keep building that up. That was in, it was hinted at in Bad Batch and stuff like that. So, and, and then there's some stuff with the comics. And I definitely, again, if, if we're to circle around with Thrawn stuff, I mean, that Thrawn could be its own thing, especially with him potentially going into the unknown regions, like it seemed. But, like, I don't know. I mean, you still have Moff Gideon out there and... You know, who knows who else they want to maybe introduce. Maybe they will introduce Mara Jade and maybe they'll have her be bad as she initially started. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Cause she was like the emperor's like hand, I think, uh, in the legends and stuff like that. So she did like secret missions. She was like the, the Fennec Shan of, uh, the empire service. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's exciting though. And I think that's what I like most about how book of Boba left office. It's just like, it has kind of a happy, finality to it like if i passed away tomorrow god forbid you know i kind of got a happy ending it's like boba and fennec and company are just like everything turned out okay on tatooine they're gonna be all right and then grogu and din going off into the galaxy search you know surfing the stars and stuff and they're okay and they're back together again luke is on his you know he's met ahsoka and everything you know i mean i kind of get a lot of that and it's like that's kind of it's very satisfying, even though I wanted a little bit more of an idea of what to expect going forward. I thought we might get, like, Boba Fett will return, or, like, Luke Skywalker will return, or something, or, you know, or some kind of actual cinematic tease as to, like, what's going on. An Easter egg, if you will. I had a really weird thought, Josh. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm guessing this thought's never crossed your mind. Okay. That, this would be so strange. I feel like <laughs> okay. I feel like most people hearing this would be like, Brian, No. But I actually think I'd like it. What if in Obi-Wan this year, there's a flashback when Obi-Wan's talking about, like, what it was like training Anakin as a kid. Yeah. And they deep fake Jake Lloyd. Ah. Man, that's just fucked up. It's fucked up. Why? <laughs> it's like... Because it's just like, do you need to go that far back and really do that? Like, it almost feels like... But like, it's like right after episode one, after Qui-Gon No, dies, I get he's that. He's just starting to train just him, seemed... and there's a deep fake Jake Lloyd. Okay, I guess I don't think that's fucked up. It's just like, it just feels like way too forcefully on the nose at that point. <laughs> know you know, it it's is, just like... I kind of like, it's like, I think it's like a bad idea, but I also kind of want to see You know it. what? I also kind of wouldn't mind it. I feel bad for Jake. I'd love to see him get some kind of like... Secondary appearance in uh, the honestly. Well, the only reason I say deepfake is because he's not a kid anymore, not because I don't want. No, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I'd love for him to kind of have a little moment again, like even if that's all it can be. But I'd love for him to have that, considering what he's gone through. But yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it. I don't think they'll go for that far back. For wonder how much it sucks for Jake Lloyd, knowing that he didn't grow up to look like Hayden Christensen. Yeah, they definitely look very different. But that's what you get with casting. I don't know. 
Yeah. It's still weird. Sometimes I, it's hard for me to, to put together those two as being the same character. Like I see Anakin in Attack of the Clones and I'm like, I'm supposed to remember that that's the same exact person. I know. I, you know what helps me in Josh? Classic. <laughs> you're going to be pissed, but I'm like, you know what helps me remember that they're the same is in episode, Josh is already like, I hate you, Brian. <laughs> what helps me remember that they're, <laughs> the look on Josh's face has me laughing so hard. When, uh, when in episode two, when Anakin shows up and he's like a total like, Predator is like I've been thinking about you since like he looks at like Natalie Portman's like I've been thinking about you as I went through puberty I thought about you every night she's That's like I bet I'm... you did <laughs> he's like I, I bet, bet you did, did. You, little, you little creep ass masturbator like man like I kept a picture of you under my bed every night yeah he's you know, like like that's what it she's like how and he's like wow the hollow net he's got it's got a long reach okay long reach he's like no i know I, there's things you wouldn't do with me in person but there's things you would do with the hardest me in the part about world. attack of the clones is honestly watching that like it's, a lot of the stuff anakin does makes sense to me because it's like he was a slave didn't have a father figure is told like invited to a, a family of like religious monks and then told he can't be like this can't do this have to have to repress this and tries to fight with all these adolescent feelings he's experiencing it's tough the thing that's hard is just the dialogue of him like he is a kind of a creep and yet somehow she still falls for him anyway they could have wrote that better obviously that's you know yeah that's one of those things where like yeah that's a fair like that is a an issue like a problem with the prequel film but it i still love him oh me too still nothing nothing beats how how, how much of a spy noir it's actually funny like you know you, you have a lot of people who say like Oh, I love the. You have a lot of people say like, "Oh, I love the prequels when I was a kid, and yeah. I was di- I was dumb and I didn't know." And then they get older and they're like, "Oh yeah, those movies are shit. I only liked them because I was a kid." Yeah. Well, it's actually opposite for me. Um, I liked them as a kid. I like them way more now. Like I have watched the prequels more as an adult than a child because yep. I think the interconnectivity of the universe has made them awesome for me. You know, yeah. just like the all these things continuing. I'm just like I want to keep rewatching. Also, I've just come to I've come to realize like I think. I think Phantom Menace was was treated way too harshly back in the I day. I still think it's genuinely a damn good film for everything it's, it's trying good, to do. I think it's base level good personally. Yeah, fair enough. Not not a Rotten Tomato no. is what I'm saying. No. Like, I'd, I'd say it's like a 7 out of 10. Attack of the Clones, movie. despite what's good that's there, like, it's mostly the story on paper is what's amazing. The rest is, like, yeah. rough. I think, yeah. I think Attack I of the it. Clones... like. Objectively, is is still pretty a bad, pretty bad. And film. I get like, that, I get that. Even though I love it, I but, totally but like Phantom got mistreated. Yep. And like Revenge never really got mistreated until Red Litter Media. You can't <laughs> tell me that like the duel of the fates synergy of every battle that's going on between like the Jedi and Sith, and then the battle for Naboo with the Gungans and the droids, and then Padme against the uh, the Nemoidians, You know, with that group, Jake in space with the Naboo pilots fighting the Trade Federation. Just everything happening, all those actual duel of fates. It's like you should see all this culmination of like the wheels it's turning beautiful. and the galaxy settling in to what's going to essentially be the rest of existence. Like everything is kicking into gear. It's like the prophecy finally coming true, and that's what's so like. That's powerful. why I don't blame people when they're like, "Oh, the, just the duel of fates itself was better than anything in the sequel trilogy." I'm like, I'm not saying I agree with that, but I'm like, I get it. That's fair. Like yeah. duel of fates was such a high star like a, it was such a high quality star wars moment that we didn't know we needed but we got it and we never want to not have it you know um i think the closest thing in the sequels to the duel of the fates is probably the throne room scene which i know a lot of people are probably shouting brian that's nowhere near as it close. was still, still dope probably- though i love when like i love the way how raw like kylo kylo i was kylo i love how raw kylo fights in that 
And then I also love that moment when like Ray's just dueling with that one dude, and she's like, Rah! yeah. And then she throws the lightsaber. When I was in the theater for the very first time, and she threw that lightsaber, Kylo caught it, turned it on, turned it off, just to go through that dude's head. Everyone in the theater, including myself, was like, it was one of those like, I can't keep this in. Holy shit, that was yeah. cool. You know, <laughs> that, that was, was cool. Dope. Yeah, Man, whatever I feel together. about that movie at times, that was some dope shit. It's funny, dude, because I've said before, like Last Jedi is 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 either my second or second favorite or or first favorite Star Wars film. Right. I really love it, but it's crazy, dude. I can remember sitting in the movie theater for Last Jedi the first time, and the whole time I'm watching that movie, my brain was like, it was like a, it was like a like a a chart where you have like the graph that goes like the little mountain graph that goes mm, up and down, up yeah. and down. The whole time I was sitting in the theater, the first time watching Last Jedi, I was like. I entered the theater and I was like, this is so freaking awesome. We're getting the sequel to Force Awakens. Here we go. I was on this mountain high. And then, like, the Hux joke came out oh, and I went that, down a it's bit. It's still rough. Still rough. I, I went down a bit. And then, like, the stuff with um, Laura Dern and stuff. And I went down a bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Luke and Ray and I went back up. And then Luke Luke drinks the green milk and I went down again. Uh, you and get like, that green titty. I just kept going up and down. And you get to Canto a bite, and I literally went down again. And I just kept going up and down. And like, So when I got to the, the throne room scene in Last Jedi for the first time in the movie theater, yeah. that, I thought that was badass. But at that point, my mood had already went, movie's amazing. Movie's really bad. Movie's amazing. Movie's really bad. Movie's amazing. And like over the years now, I've just come to accept and love almost all of Last Jedi. But it was very much like a film that was just like, it was kind of shocking to the I senses. noticed people that even really loved it. When they walked out of it, that was the one where they had to really like assess how they lot, felt. It was, I mean, people, people about. who loved it, it wasn't a case of like, I don't love it. The people who loved it were like, I love it, but like, there's a lot to unpack there as to like yeah. mixed Whereas feelings. Force Awakens was just like, yep, that's what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. And then left right as Skywalker was just like, oh, it's so messy, man. Dang. Yeah. A lot of people, it was like, I, I either loved it and I have to think about it, or I loved it, or yeah. they killed Star Wars. <laughs> you know, it's like prequels all over again for a new generation. Yeah. But yeah, no, 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 I get that. Yeah, I don't know. And we talked about this yesterday off air, but I was saying, I mentioned it earlier in this episode, but like you have so many people who are constantly spitting falsities about them rebooting the sequel trilogy. And they pretty much more or less shut that down here by showing, you know, and confirming. And they've already kind of done it in prior Mandalorian seasons with like the tank, the Snoke looking tank, and yeah. like trying to get his girl. Again, blood that's what I was like. How do you, how do you, where are you guys getting this from? And it's fucking Mike Zero and people on YouTube. And it's like, stop watching it's that bullshit. shit. But at the same time, I mean, this it was just cool to see going back to Boba. It was cool to see to tie into the sequels because it's like, that's what I want to. I feel like the sequel, they could do so much. They have like, essentially like, 30 years to play around with leading into the sequel trilogy of just stories to tell build up to how things get to that point to that state of the galaxy and the force awakens i'm like so excited like that stuff that could be told i don't even need 30 years worth but like they could do so much in there that's going to get me to a point where i'm like man i have so much more of this than the sequel trilogy but now I really understand the sequel trilogy. And hey, thanks so much for all that exposition because now these three films, super connected. If I go back as a complete noob, I've never seen any Star Wars before, and I'm watching through uh, the original trilogy for the first time, it's kind of spliced up. It really is because you, New Hope is what it is. It's the beginning. It sets the expectation. And Empire Strikes Back, they're suddenly on a, a snow planet on Hoth and they're evacuating after this big triumph. It's weird. 
you know? And then also, this emperor that's mentioned is briefly, like, teased, but also, like, what's up with that? You know? And then it ends super depressingly. And then he also you, looks nothing the same in the third movie. That's as true. He does I mean, second. thank God for the edit. That's, that's where edits yeah. are good. <laughs> but uh, then you get to Return of the Jedi, and it does a whole lot different. You finally get, like, a lot more exposition as to, like, seeing, you know, the Emperor in his throne room, but you still don't know, why does he look like that? Uh, who's, like, does he use a lightsaber or, like, for lightning? Like, does Vader do that? You know, it leaves you with all these questions as to, like, more on the dark side of things. And it still leaves you with questions on the light side. And I walked away with the sequel trilogy with a lot of questions. And because I was a fan who is, who has access to leaks, you know, at times, who has access to just... Um, what do you call it? Hot takes and just you know gut punch reactions and stuff like that. Uh, all that got ruined. If I was someone who didn't, I, I honestly think if I was someone who wasn't affected, who didn't go on social media, if I'm a hermit and I go watch those three movies of the sequel trilogy, I think I'm going to have the same opinion. I don't think they're that much disconnected. I do think there is more of a disconnection. I don't think they're that much disconnected compared to the original trilogy. It's just, it all makes sense. So what I'm trying to say, fully, to come back around, is that when I think of the original trilogy stuff, all the things with Palpatine, like, that all makes sense more now, because even in the years preceding the prequels, we had a little bit more with, like, what Palpatine was up to, some of the shenanigans he got in, you know, and then the prequels enhanced it by showing, hey, this dude got electrocuted by Mace Windu, dude was in the Senate, yada yada. We just need that with the sequel trilogy to make it better. And they're yeah. trying. Yeah. And we're getting that in this. You and me said that yeah. as soon as Rise of Skywalker came out. We said that like we just need more stuff building around that era to make it work. And we're starting to see that a little bit. Yep. And it's proving true. It is. It's proving true. Here's here's my uh, my uh, we can we can go as long as you want, Josh, but here's my last question for you. Yeah. And it's gonna be a tough, kind of a weird one to answer. But the last question I have for you is um and I, I don't mind whatever answer is not gonna offend me or bother me at all. Do you think the sequel trilogy on its own, those three movies, or The Mandalorian Season 1, Season 2, and Boba Fett is better at continuing on. Like, what's been a better way to continue on Star Wars past, um, since Disney's acquired it? Like, what do you think's done a better job of picking up where George I Lucas still, I'm going to say, it's, it's such, it sounds like such an easy answer, but uh, I'm going to say the Mandos, and I'm going to say Boba, because... There's been good diversity in both, like good representation that's that's slowly gotten to expand more and more. Like you see that in Star Wars, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you see that in sequel trilogy, but we got a lot of that in Mandalorian. We got some of that in Boba Fett now too. So that's been really good in terms of just newness, like not in the neckbeard terms of like, oh, it's better because like Luke Skywalker's there and all this stuff. It's like, no, mm-hmm. that's cool, but it also has to do with the state of the galaxy because the sequel trilogy is just a real fucking depressing time. It's depressing yeah. sometimes to watch that stuff because... It's like I said yesterday, it's like you have, you go into the movie, you watch it, and it's like, Return of the Jedi celebration, fuck all that. Oh, and here's all these books to tell you, like, why things, like, were uphill for a brief time and then went downhill real fast and pretty much reverted back to how they were. Oh, by the way, there's a new empire, there's a new rebellion, and then also, oh, hey, Han Solo is going to die. Oh, hey, there's a new evil bad guy like Palpatine. Oh, hey, Leia dies, Luke dies, and it's just it's just depressing. And the state of the galaxy is just in a bad place, you know? What I love about this is it's got 30 years of story to tell preceding that to... It, it, you feel a general sense of optimism. You see shots on Tatooine of stormtrooper helmets spiked. You see uh, X-wings and soldiers 
referring to what was a rebellion as the New Republic. And they they all talk. Like they all talk about them there just being optimism in the galaxy, a general sense of hope instilled now that the Empire has been overthrown. And they're just they're not even like really remnants anymore as much as they have turned to warlords and stuff like that. You see Luke kind of essentially in his prime getting ready to build uh, Jedi temples and stuff. Ahsoka is around trying to do whatever she's doing. And you have this little Grogu starting to see more Jedi Force users pop up. Then you've got cool-ass Mandalorians and stuff like that doing stuff and continuing with their stuff. It's just the state of the galaxy is in a sense of optimism. And that's what I've always gotten out of Star Wars. A New Hope was fun because it's like the good guys beat the bad guys. Empire Strikes Back is awesome because it flips the script and it makes you want to immediately put in Return of the Jedi because the Empire struck back and then yep. they win the, the the rebellion wins at the end of the day and you know not without great cost but they win and it's emotional and it's high and it leaves you on a sense of like just awesome fun and happy feeling as they close that shout out and then same thing with the the prequels almost on the inverse Phantom Menace is the happiest Star Wars film there is. Attack of the Clones is much darker and tonally trying to really start to tether in the connective tissue with the Death Star tease that Paco the Lesser has and all the Jedi showing up and the Noor thriller stuff, the mystery of just how the Sith have this agenda and they're plotting. Revenge of the Sith, it's the bridging, the, the coming full circle and seeing how things even aesthetically in the galaxy get to how they are in A New Hope. So then you have you get to that point and you go back to Return of the Jedi and it's just like there's a sense of hope and optimism and that's really fun to me. That's really exciting and you can still tell like sad stories within that. You can still tell exciting stories and you can keep the sequel trilogy as is but it's like I feel like this is more important because just in general in life it's like saying things will get better. Hang in there and also good's going to be evil and try to rise above and try to be the better person. Even like when Boba Fett is having that pissing contest with Cad Bane, and Cad Bane's like, hey yo, Pike Syndicate totally killed your dudes, the Tusken Raiders, and Boba's like, man, I'm about to jack this dude. I'm about to beat him up. And Fennec's like, don't do that. And then he takes his hand, and he kind of puts it on top of the gun rather than under it. And it just shows the self-control, and I love that like maturity. There's a lot of maturity and optimism, but you do get the, you do get a lot of that in the sequel trilogy too. And I think that's the point of it in Rise of Skywalker is just the rise of that. You know. So what yeah, about I you, mean, buddy? I went on a huge yeah, tangent. I, mean, I think it's one of those deals where hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Because I think if you decided, let's say when Disney acquired the rights yeah. to Star Wars, if they decided to tell stories that happened right after Return of the Jedi. Um, a couple things would happen. One, fans, I think fans would be very upset and very pissed off because they'd say, we want episode seven. Yeah. We want episode seven. And two, it would be with the understanding that there isn't going to be a Luke Connor layout for two reasons. One, because they're not that age anymore. Mm-hmm. And two, I don't I don't even think the technology exists to do deep faking properly enough. No one would have expected, like, you guys got to remember back when Force Awakens was announced, 2014 or whatever, when that was announced. Yeah. Um, deep fake, deep faking wasn't really a thing like that we thought of. Like the MCU hadn't even done it yet, I don't think. So there wouldn't have been a conversation of it. Wouldn't have been. You're raising a good question. Okay, I'm gonna ask you when you're done. Okay, it wouldn't have been a, a question of, um, oh, they're gonna make a movie that takes place immediately after Return of the Jedi, right? I wonder if it'll have Luke and Han and Leia. That wouldn't be a question. People wouldn't assume that. They would assume, okay. There will be no Han, Luke, and Leia because they're too old. We don't know about deep fake technology yet. So it's just going to be a film 
that takes place right after Return of the Jedi and it doesn't have any of the characters we love, why don't they just do an episode seven? Why aren't they bringing Carrie and and and, and uh, Mark and and Harrison. Harrison back? So I think as much as people might not like the sequel trilogy now and they see how well Mando's doing, there's no scenario in in history where people would have wanted them to take this direction first. People were always going to want Episode Seven. Now, to be fair, you can say, yeah, yeah, Brian, I did want Episode Seven, but I would have liked Seven, Eight, Nine to be better. That's fair. That's I know fair. what you're saying. They, they wouldn't That's have fair, went but, with like a deep fake story uh, of these characters, with, right as, as opposed to just like when Carrie was even alive, as opposed to not actually using the actors in that sort of timeline. Yeah. And also, what like, everyone wanted was to use the original trio and make a new film. Yeah, and honestly, that's still the approach. I prefer because it got to use them and it had the ja- the 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 gap in time where like the Jedi and everything was supposed to be okay and obviously the story didn't go that way but it's like at the same time it needed that cuz it's like you want to tell a whole new story especially if you're going to have a new villain you want to have like enough time to a past you don't want to be like yeah. oh hey coming right off the events were bad the second return Yeah exactly episode. exactly and it just I don't know but how would but you? I think you're right too. Like the the way they're handling Mandalorian is is it's it's very it's like the way Clone Wars handled the prequel. Yeah, where it like it 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 coddled fans and also gave them appropriate ways to take the story forward that made people happy. Yeah, feels like Mando's doing that. So I also so I, I think ultimately my my TLDR and I'll let you pass over yeah. that question you had for me. My TLDR is, um, I think I think the sequel trilogy had to happen. Yes, it could have, you know, people, it could have been done better or it could have been done differently, sure. But any scenario, the sequel trilogy was going to happen. That's what had to happen first. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Mando is doing a better job of appeasing fans, I think. Well, I don't even, I don't even know if it's that. I mean, I do agree with that. It's just hard because it's like, I feel like that's almost the neckbeard answer to say is to be like, yeah, because they're giving us what we always wanted. But I just think, I just think it's kind of cool the way. This is connecting everything the way I thought the sequel trilogies would try to do. And it didn't. The sequel trilogies just feel so like distant and like like they want to purposefully be to sit at the other end of the table away from everyone else. And that's kind of frustrating. Whereas this is like we want everyone. Everyone's invited. And oh yeah, you too, sequel trilogy. We're going to make sure we connect to you too. That's why I kind of like it because it's like... Mm-hmm. It's the state of the galaxy. It's how it's trying to bring in like video game, book, comic, prequel, original, sequel, chill, everything it can bring in. It's trying to bring in, you know, and at the same time, it's like telling stories that kind of feel like almost slice of lifey. Like it, I mean, obviously, like I said, Mandoverse seems like it's building to maybe Thrawn or it's building to some stuff big that we're probably not going to see for a couple of years, but it seems like it's slowly building to stuff, but kind of like currently as it stands, it feels like it's just like we're just getting stories that aren't like necessarily super galaxy threatening at the moment, but they filling in the gaps. But they're just filling in the gaps and telling extra stories, and it's like that's fine enough for me because it it gives me a sense of finality that's still there with the original trilogy, complements everything that came before with the prequels, and is trying to show that hey, like we acknowledge that things are still kind of going to go south is the way they are in the sequels. But like, there's a lot of time between now and then, and we're gonna show you how good things were before they go bad. And also, like right now, this, you know, things aren't super galaxy threatening. Like, it's just it's it's literally just like playing um, a side mission. I feel like there's no main story to tell 
because that doesn't yeah. come for like 30 years. So that we're just like living adventures. And I know that they're going to go in a different direction. But right now, it's just I saw fun. some pretty I saw some pretty big influencer on Twitter. I think it was yesterday saying Disney needs to figure out what they're doing because right now they're just telling stories in between other stories that have no big purpose like MCU oh, does. Okay. And I'm like, interesting. They don't need to figure that out. They're doing exactly what we want. Like, yeah, like it doesn't they need already, to be like MCU. Basically, what he was saying is like they need to they need to take us up to the the end of the storyline and give us a new big threat to 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 build towards. I'm like, uh, I, that's not what I need right now. No. We got that with Palpatine coming back and Snow. So many people could, in the galaxy. So many different characters. It's big place. A lot of different planets and, and places to go. Though we are still on Tatooine. <laughs> exactly, which is why we got to yeah. get away from Tatooine a little bit. Yeah. But uh, what was the question you yeah. had for me, Josh? Uh, if you could have a new movie made. Okay. One off. Let's just say another Star Wars story. Yeah. But it's got Han, Luke, and Leia, deep fake, de-aged. They're like, we're talking, take this Luke that we just got. Okay. Make a new film with all that tech, with those people, the voices and stuff like that. At this point in time, even though we have the sequel trilogy, I mean, everything stays. Yeah. But would you, would you be excited for that? I would. You know, I know people are going to say, like, there's issues with that, but I, I'd be excited for that. Yeah. I think the way I would like it to be done, though, is to... To maybe have, if they did that, and they made a movie with the deep fakes, yeah. have a main character who's not one of them that we can follow mostly. I agree. And then share stories with deep faked Leia on her on her planet, mm-hmm. Alderaan. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I saying that right, Alderaan? Yeah. Um, and then have Han doing some Han-like shit. Well, when what? you say Alderaan, do you mean like like past stuff when she was younger? Oh shit! I'm I'm I'm. See, no, you're good. I just always oh, just trying to follow you. That's all. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. Yeah, there's so many different timelines to enter Star Wars. At I was getting confused. No, yeah, right. Alderaan's gone at that point. I mean, you but, could still tell a okay. story there if you wanted to. I, I like, it would be cool but, to see some of the stuff she was doing yeah, on Alderaan. For sure, was blown up. But no, let me. Yeah, let me read. Let me start that over again. Um, yeah, see Leia lead lead the new like new Republic, Republic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, have Han, um, trying to fit into this position of leader uh, against his own like. Wanting to go back into doing. There's a story in it. Uh, I think it's called Aftermath Life Debt, where he, him, and Chewbacca basically go to Kashyyyk to free the Wookies in the rebellion. To my understanding, is like Dude, we're cool. not going to help you, but then eventually they're like, "Yeah, we're going to go help them." And then just have Luke, you know, doing doing stuff with setting this new Jedi yeah. temple up and stuff. But then have like a couple main a main character or two that we see it through. Because I don't want even if the deep faking's perfect mm-hmm. for an hour and a half movie or whatever, I don't want. To see deep fake Luke or Han or Leia on screen for thirty minutes straight for an hour and a half straight, like I, I want it to be in doses. You know what I mean? Like I, that's the one thing I'll say about deep fake is. Well, I don't think you can focus on the character for too long because then it's I, I don't want I don't jarring. want it to be like I don't want a long like you know you see Luke in a fifteen minute scene on Octu and in, in Last Jedi. Yeah. I don't want that long of a scene with the deep fake. You right. Know? Um, but no, I, I would, that'd be cool. Um, I'd, I thought the question I thought you were going to ask me was, what do I want to see? What would I like to see as a movie, the next movie to take place after episode nine? Oh, well, go ahead and answer um, that. And my question or my answer would be, I would like it to take place after episode nine yeah. close enough. It can be five or 10 years in the future, whatever. Um, but don't call it episode 10. Just, just start the process. It'll seem freaky at first for fans. Yeah. But we'll get used to it in time. Just start the process of having Star Wars movies with the title. And just leave the episodes as they are. Episode nine's it. And do do uh, do a movie where we can have characters show up like Ray, Finn, Mando, a really old, old Boba maybe. I don't know. Grogu. Um, Ahsoka if it makes sense. I don't know. Just tell 
start a new story that's planned out, written out, like like MCU, like you're building towards. You know, if if Mando's doing like a Thrawn thing, yeah, have post sequel do like a I don't know what it's going to be. You know, have a goal in mind, and in, and just have movies just take place after Episode Nine, but they're not episode titles. You can have a movie that's you know uh, focused on some Mandos. You can have a movie that's focused on. Uh, maybe Ray's not the main character, but it's focused on Jedi and Ray's a prominent character. Mm-hmm. You have a Finn thing here. Uh, you have uh, um, Cad Bane, which is he, he'll be gone, but like maybe you don't someone know. from his species. Don't know. He might still be. Maybe have one from someone from his species. Just like yeah. just start building it out like the MCU post Episode Nine, because that's going to also help cement the sequel trilogy as well. Yeah. But then give it the freedom to go all over the place. That's kind of what they're doing now with the High Republic series, even though that's only in book form. But that's literally what yeah. they're doing is like they literally have phases in these different books, different characters that are popping in and out and stuff like that. I'd rather they do that in a different era if they do it. But I would love like a like an episode 10. It doesn't have to be called episode 10, but something that's going to like <laughs> honestly be just one one episode that's literally like a slice of life just seeing whatever like two hours of me yeah just seeing whatever i don't, I don't gets want a huge to. thread again i need a big closure uh movie is what i need i didn't get that like, there like fast forward a bit and ray's been trained in finn and yeah Finn's now a jedi and uh pose doing some cool shit and and you know just just yeah just basically slice of life. like just, just give us like, like a, essentially right? like the new republic movie that we never really got that we wanted with yeah. the play Lando Han and all that, all the group. and Which we could do now that, because we that. have those actors willing to do it at a younger age. And yeah. It would be cool to just have, like, Ray, just, like, there's no threat in the galaxy. Like, Ray and Finn just go, they show up to check out Poe's auto shop and <laughs> Chewbacca's, Chewbacca's underneath a, a vehicle, like, repairing it. And they're just having a conversation. You're going to do an episode threats. 10, tell it about, do, do the story of the Wills. Like, like just yeah. go into that and bring it full circle and, and talk about, like, just... The whole Star Wars is going to be stuff. fine. Yeah, but no, it will it's gonna be. be. And honestly, they're, they're going to people are going to be interested forever. If they, I would love for them if if they don't introduce Mara Jade at some point with these shows. I would love to see either Dash Rendar or Kyle Katarn. Dash Rendar doesn't have as much love because he was just basically a Han Solo filler, but I loved him. But Kyle Katarn was pretty dope and had a lot of depth to him in the game. So. There's a lot of characters. I want to see Mara Jade. I want to see Mara Jade. I actually said that during Mando season two. I would like them to introduce Mara Jade as a, you know, get an actress to play her. They can play her for a while. Yeah. And and, and tie Ooh. it to Luke. Use a little yes. bit more deep fake Luke. Use a little bit more deep fake Luke to establish that that exists, that relationship. Yeah. But obviously we know it's going to end, you know. Yeah. Well, I know like a lot of people had some issues with uh, Luke presenting the choice for Grogu to take the chainmail or take the lightsaber and what each represented. But I just thought it was like again tying into the sequel trilogy. Luke makes Luke, perfect sense. Who learned, or who didn't learn, because he was following from the same people who essentially failed, you know, at the worst point of time with the Jedi. And it's like these are this is when it's like the Jedi are kind of rock bottom, and he's following from those teachings, so he can only do so well. And that's when you well, get I love to the that scene trilogy. with Yoda and him in Last Jedi, yeah. where Yoda's like you know talking about failures and master the ma- yeah. failures of the masters. It's perfect. Stuff. So it's like I mean. Well, you know, it would be kind of cool in a way now that we've got that scene. I love that that scene was there because it felt like it connected to Last Jedi, Luke. And to be to, to those listening who haven't listened or heard our thoughts before on Star Wars, I'm not a huge fan on The Last Jedi. But I love that this is connecting to that in those little ways. So, But that being said, it's like you could easily bring Mara Jade in and have her really test Luke's like attachment, devotion, and all that stuff. And make him be like, you know what? I can love and be a Jedi. 
you know, <laughs> and then, like then he changes a little bit. But at the same time, at that point, then you're starting to kind of contradict how Luke gets to the point he is in the sequel trilogy. So I don't know. I'm just like, I mean, again, do whatever you want, Star Wars, but also like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the trajectory they're on is good. They clearly know what they're doing with this. They didn't know with the sequel trilogy. And it sucks in one sense that that's what they started with because it's the three biggest and most important films. And that's what they really kick off with when they're inexperienced. And by the end of that, they had done two solo films. They learned as they went. They kicked off a television show. The television show became so popular. If you look back on it, they kind of did away with the so the the Star Wars story films as a yep. product. And they were just like, we're canceling that kind of. And then we're going to take a huge break from the films. Obviously, the pandemic happens. We're going to go full throttle into the shows. Here's a n- bunch of new shows getting announced. The new movie that was announced is canceled too, isn't it? No, it's just... Um, kind of on hold right now i mean it's still going but um but that's just and that's another thing it's like that's a rogue squadron film and granted now that's a star wars story but also like after three years i mean it's going to be longer now but right now it's like after three years of not having a mainline star wars like a a mainline film the the film you're gonna like choose to kick off this new era is just a star wars story one off of rogue squadron it just doesn't sound right and it's like it's, it feels like the film department must be different than TV, which I think it is because I think as much as Kathleen is associated on the the the, the TV side, that's more Dave Filoni, Jean Favreau, uh, you know Bryce Dallas Howard, a lot of other people doing that. Whereas Kathleen tends to the films more, but it's like it's like no, don't don't do that. Like give us a new Repu- or High Republic show or or something. In a, give us a new trilogy. Like let's get a new start with something in a new era. Even if it's post sequel trilogy, but like, don't just give us a Star Wars story like right yeah. away after three years now, because the these shows are showing that like you can connect a lot of things and you can like do things at different times and eras. And I mean, we're still getting the Alkalite show, but it's like give us a little more of that in live action and, and stuff too. I don't know. I just but it's got to be a difference. Got to be a difference is what it is. But I I still think that stuff will change. There was supposed to be a film that was going to be about a bunch of people via Tatooine and clearly with the Han Solo movie seemed like it was teasing for a sequel that we just never got. Nowadays people are like, give me a Crimson Dawn TV show. And there's rumors that Kira or uh, Amelia Clark has been brought on for the, something like that. You hear things like that. There's comic books with her, but solo is just kind of off doing his own thing. And I hate that they've pretty much forgotten about him. We're supposed to get Lando show, which is awesome, but like, why not give us, I forgot about Lando. Why not so give damn. us more of like Lan- or I'm sorry, Han and Kira and show just like do they never see one another again? Okay, fine. But can you can we get some closure on his like emotional attachment that he has I, to her as I absolutely yeah. it might be a hot take. I don't know if it is, but I absolutely adore Alden uh, whatever. I love them as him. Love them. I want to see more of him as Han. I love Han and Kira more than I love Han and Leia. Most people are like, I'm done listening right now. So we should probably get out of here shortly. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it's kind of canon that Han and Leia were not; they were opposites. That they weren't. They they were. They're not opposites that attract in a sense. They were more like opposites that should never got together yeah. because they failed constantly. <laughs> yeah. Thank so. you for giving us Ben Solo and messing that up. And then Han's like, yeah. "I didn't do it. Luke did." You know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, and that's another thing too. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what like Snoke's template is from. Just to see, like, that, to get that, like, reveal. Yeah, I want to have that. I can't mind. wait for it. Like, I mean that in an excited way, not in a bad way. But, like, that is so, like, haunting and fascinating to think that, like, 
this character has been there from the shadows all along, kind of like, or at least during the sequel trilogy, or, or I'm sorry, in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, I'm like, give me more of this Snoke dude, and like, who's his DNA host and stuff and whatnot, like, where's Palpatine getting all this from and doing all that, I... I can't wait for more of that to to build that up. But uh, bringing it back to to Book of Boba Fett to kind of slowly close things out. Uh, I loved this show. I had a really great time on it. It was really cool to just kind of like get to live in Tatooine for a while. Get to see a lot of these new characters. Some reoccurring. Everyone blended well together, I honestly thought. And yeah, it was janky because a lot of the focus got taken away from a character in their own show. Which was really weird. But... I know it's a big universe and it is a expansive galaxy and you are essentially we're in a Mandoverse so you do have to kind of like set up a lot of stuff. What we got with Mando was essentially post-credit scenes of other characters to set up their other movies in Marvel films when you're watching a movie of a different character. So that's what we got. I loved Chrysanthemum. Um it's so cool to see like the literal opposite of Chewbacca. And I, I don't know yep. for sure. I think it was Charles Soule who wrote the comics, but whoever made that character had to have been like, what if we took Chewbacca and turned him completely hostile and like a complete savage barbarian? And that's what we get with Kersan. I thought he looked yeah, great. Very cool character. Super cool. I almost love him more than Chewbacca already, which I don't, but it's just so cool to see like a Wookiee. There's literally that scene in the in the sanctuary cantina when he like like she's the lady's trying to talk him down from ripping that dude's arm off, and he still does it anyway. It's <laughs> like God damn, yep. that was yeah. I really cool. like this character, and, man. Just and just getting to see a bit more of like actual Tatooine. Like, there's a part of me that I was watching this, and I kept thinking, Brian, I was like, why would you fight for a planet like Tatooine? But then right. you see like there's these like TikTok kids with like fucking Vespas and shit. Like they're all fucking Beetleborg Power Ranger looking like, okay, somebody on there's got some money and somebody on there's pretty talented. And then you go into a cantina like sanctuary and you're like, it's got some fun and foliage and stuff. And you're like, man, maybe Tatooine ain't all that bad. Then you see, you get out to the countryside where there's Tuscan Raiders and gangs. And you're like, okay, and town's pretty good. And town's pretty good. It's pretty safe. It's actually not that bad. It's in town, and also like I mean, granted, Mos Espa is like more. It had more slavery, which was bad, like back in the prequels. But this is you, you're seeing like you know Freetown, and you're seeing some. I think it was Anchorhead. I can't remember now what the main um, town was. Best I don't even know now. But um, you you see that that was really cool, and then just by the end of it, kind of like you said, I had a better appreciation for the new characters, the the, the young kids. Um, I really love Fennec Shan now. I wasn't sure. I kind of felt like she was forced initially. Like between because she just showed up in one episode of Mando in season one, and then like they start kind of like slowly introducing her and other things. Like she started showing up in like Bad Batch and stuff, and then they're like, yeah, she's gonna be a prominent character in Book of Boba. And I felt like she was getting shoved down my throat. I didn't know how to think at first, but now I'm like, yeah, I absolutely love Fennec, and I love like I love what she brings, and I love that she also is kind of reluctant, but she wants to she wants to kind of grow just like Boba's trying to grow. I love that. There's a sense of family community that's being set on. Like, I, I feel like at this point, Chrysanthemum, even if he got paid his money to help out, I feel like he would probably still stay with Boba. There's a sense of communal family going on, and that's pretty damn cool. And I don't know. Overall, it was just really, really neat. And it's kind of a self-contained story. They don't even need to give us a season two. Totally got to at this point because you don't tease Cobb Vanth in that tube, staying on Tatooine when Mando's going off elsewhere and not yeah. tell them more of that story. 
But also, I was right. Grogu went in that spot on the Naboo ship. Oh yeah, the Naboo cockpit. Ship. Yeah, because you don't teach yep. that either. With that, that's that's just. A I mean, that wasn't like a huge conclusion I was drawing, but I was correct that that was totally. That Grogu got put there in the dome. Yeah, the, dude, it was so dome. hilarious. I was taking the little ball and he's like, yeah. fucking. He's like, he's like, dad, dad. Yeah. Dad, go fast, <laughs> go faster. Yeah, go fast. And like, ah! Adorable closing shot. Absolutely yeah. adorable. My, my my final thoughts, dude, is yeah, the show had problems. It wasn't perfect. People complained a lot. There was a lot of clunky stuff. But I mean, I, I feel like some people will listen to this with hopes of us being like, oh yeah, they screwed up so bad here and there, and it really sucked and it was disappointing. But that's just not. I just don't operate like That's that, guys. That's not how we do it. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was fun. I was entertained. Uh, I think it, I'll, it I'll, kind of enjoyed I'll it watch. in a way, Brian, that, like, this was a story that, like, isn't as, like, you know, uh, Mandalorian's a little bit more galaxy-spanning. This was very self-contained, and it's, like, not some yeah, galaxy-threatening, like, show. It's more good Star Wars. I mean, it, like I said, it's not perfect, but it was more good Star Wars. I had a good time. I mean, I will... I typically rewatch these seasons again. I'll rewatch Boba Fett again. Um, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. Random I mean, question. I know it's kind of hard to yeah. put you on the spot with, but if you're ranking all the Star Wars movies and you're putting the shows in there, you're putting the movies, oh, in terms of like a, just a, a top, mid, bottom tier, where would you put, where does Boba sit for Boba you? Boba Fett, top, mid, bottom? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it would probably be, uh, it's low, mid. Low, mid? You know. I gotcha. But it's because it's 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 one of those things. Okay, this is you know not to be. Let me let me preface this, Josh, or let me say this because I'm I'm not to be a hater. (laughs) You're good. I think Boba Fett is way better than Attack of the Clones, but I would give up Fett and keep Attack of the Clones. You see what I mean? Oh, you're saying Like, like? I think Boba Fett is better Star Wars than Attack of the Clones, but I would still, I would choose to keep Attack of the Clones. Oh, I gotcha. Just as a show. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm taking it as the character, but I'm like, what? Like, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but like, I just feel like Boba Fett's still, like, I wouldn't, but I do understand still, nonetheless. Yeah. I do understand. Because, like, Attack of the Clones matters more to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I don't think it's, yeah, it just, even though I feel like when they're, when they're, when, when, you know, Favreau and Filoni are putting on their best Star Wars in Boba Fett. I feel like they're doing a better job than Attack of the Clones did, but Attack of the Clones means more to me. So. You know, you make a good point because, like, the original trilogy has this, like, edge of the empire type of feel. Like, it's kind of piratey at times, but it's also got, like, some militaristic stuff in there and a, with a little bit of, like, Jedi mysticism. The prequels are just, like, straight up Jedi Sith mysticism. There's not really that kind of pirating adventures type, type vibe yeah. going on. And then the sequel trilogy is, like, sort of a little bit like the original trilogy in that way, but it's also kind of, like, really, like, ambivalent. And figuring itself out as it goes along. And then you get these shows, and these shows kind of harken back to, like, that piratey side, which I think is why people loved Han Solo so much. So you're getting, like, you know, and then Boba. Yeah. So you're, you're getting a lot of, like, Boba, Han type of things, and people just really to gravitate atta- to that with Star I, Wars. Since I used the prequels as an example of, I'll use the sequels for one, too. And I hate when people say this because, like, usually they're really salty. I'm not salty at all. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with James are saltier than Crate. Maybe <laughs> um, I'm completely fine with Rise of Skywalker existing. I, it's it's how the it's how the episodes ended, and I'm fine with it. Um, but if you ask me, would I rather give up Rise of Skywalker or the Mando verse? I'd give up Rise of Skywalker. Me too. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't. That, because not I actually. Hate. I know it sounds. I like actually. It. I actually really like Last Jedi as an ending, which I don't think you do at all, Josh. But I 
you know, with the kid with the broomstick and Luke inspiring the people whole love that. It's hard for me. It's not even that I don't like Last Jedi. I just can't rationalize why that's an acceptable ending. Because nothing is well, really. Well, I mean, resolved. really, I mean, really, it's it's not an appropriate ending. That's why we had to get Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But like, Luke inspiring the entire galaxy as an absolute boss, and then like kids being inspired and showing that, I just thought it was a really unique way to end. It was a really cool way to end it. I think but, most Last Jedi fans you know, would agree with you. I just think but, it's like weird because you don't have the, the res- resolving of like the first order still out yeah. there and like Ray. I mean, not if done. that had somehow gotten like somewhat resolved, I could actually see that being a super yeah. good argument. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that for sure. But yeah, overall, Book of Boba Fett, two thumbs way up. It's janky, but it's fun. It's Star Wars, and it's great, and I love it. And it, this this was the most, this show itself, even more than any other part of Star Wars, was give us the most connected tissue I've ever seen in two episodes, even though they were less about Boba, gave us like yeah. everything from every level of Star Clone Wars, Wars canon. sequel, original, prequel, Mando, Boba. Comic book, video game, you know, novelizations, anything, any, you name it. Everything was getting covered. And uh, we got to see Boba Fett be a badass. And we got to see Boba Fett get an identity. And that was pretty cool. So I can't wait I for season I want to see Hosmer Blue Harvest get a, like, uh, like a, a statue of yeah. uh, Boba riding the Rancor. Oh, dude, he deserves it. <laughs> I bet so when cool. they put out some kind of some prop of that, he's going to pick that up. He's yeah. I hope you enjoyed not. this episode. Yeah. If you guys want more Star Wars content, check out Blue Harvest podcast. It's me and Josh's go-to Star Wars podcast. It's so good. Blue Harvest. Yeah. So good. Love those guys. Josh, we done? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That was good. We we stretched. We got to the hour point, and I was like, I mostly got what I want to say about Boba Fett out, but then we got into more like overall grand. I'm like, Star I could Wars go stuff. for hours talking about normal Star Wars stuff, but I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms Absolutely. of Boba Fett, no, I I loved it. I was pretty happy with it, and it was a fun time. And the X wing is prepped and ready to go, so I'm ready to take off and go elsewhere into the galaxy, possibly back to a world in the Halo universe. You know what I'm saying? Nah, no, no, no. There's some guy in the background <laughs> going, "That's what I wanted this whole time. Get back to Halo." <laughs> no. But no. guys, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Oddball, where we talked about Boba Fett. Hopefully, you liked Boba Fett. Hope you enjoyed it. It's not perfect, but may the force awesome be time. with you, everyone. Uh, come into our Discord, talk to us about Star Wars. We got a Star Wars dedicated channel there. Uh, leave a comment on Twitter or whatever. Just tell us what you thought about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, we Let's love give them something to talk about. Talk about Star Wars. Um, but guys, let us let us know if you want us to get back into some more Star Wars topics later. We were going to go through the movies a year ago. And we talked about Phantom Menace, we talked about Attack of the Clones, and we just stopped. Let us know if you want us to talk about, do a Revenge of the Sith podcast episode, we'll do that. Um, But next week, guys, we'll be back for some more Halo talk. We love you guys, thank you for supporting us, and as always, keep it sacred. Um,